Yeah, man, I'll tell you what, that dang old internet, man, you just go on there and point and click, get in there and talk about www.wcom, and you got that naked chicks on there, man, you just go click, 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 it's real easy, man. Thank God for the internet. Hey, what the hell's wrong with this internet? It's slow. What the f*** is this? Dial up? Fuck the internet. Perhaps in a six-pack episode 223, it's Battle of the Douchebags, season two, episode one. Here with American Ultra, Mick Heroism, Sir Spencer, and Dame DeLorean for another round of head-to-head douchebag battles. Let's go, let's go, Holy let's go. Holy crap. Coming up, we got Neil Diamond versus David Cross. Then it's Travis Kelsey versus Taylor Swift. After that, Lena Dunham versus Bono. And then finally, Joe Rogan versus Oprah Winfrey. Woo-hoo-hoo. Whoa. How y'all doing today? I'm doing fantastic. Great. How are you? I'm okay. Glad to have you here. It's been a long time coming. I'm excited. We're going to do all kinds of things. Uh, I got to say right up front that people need to follow at Booberry on mk.spook.social to vote in those uh, polls. We're migrating the polling, people. We're moving it over to spook, mk.spook.social. What else? Anything else? Oh, yeah, I did want to maybe put out some feelers. If anybody knows, because I've been looking, I know Boobery's been looking, if anybody knows of a good polling system where we can run a bracket and let people vote on an external website where you don't need a uh, Fediverse account, and you know of that, or you find one, send it to me, sirccitter at protonmail.com, because that'd be awesome. I'm sure there's something out there. I just haven't found it yet. All right. Well, with that being said... What should we do? I guess I, I guess I do have somebody to thank. I got to thank uh, Cousin Vito, formerly Sir Vito. Uh, he's still doing the Dollar Douche Pledge, and he came in with 16 bucks. 16 Woo! buckaroo. Hey, thanks, Vito. And, of course, Nestworks, as always, with the great show art for each show. Oh, yeah, it's oh, beautiful. Yeah. I look forward to it every time. Pro, yeah, he's, he's, a, he's, a, he's a real pro. I think my favorite is still the... He's had some great movie posters, but one of my favorites was definitely the Steven Seagal movie poster he did. <laughs> it's great. But yeah, Booberry's here. He's going to be running the polls. I'll be running the phone lines. And I guess we're going to co-host uh, the four competitors here. We're doing teams kind of this uh, this episode, so it's going to be a little different. We set it up to where uh, the first half of the bracket is going to be... I think it was Spencer and Lauren. Yeah. That's correct. And then the second half is going to be Make Heroism Mercade Ultra so that no matter what happens, at the very end, it's going to be couple versus couple in the final bracket. Trying to pad that bracket for couple on couple action, huh? Exactly. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, um, oh, that was the other thing. We lifted for this episode, and uh, we're, we're going to be tweaking it as, as we go along. But for this episode, we are lifting the three-minute clip limit. On the uh, per round, so uh, as long as we get in and out in under ten minutes, uh, this episode. So if you're listening, you go, "Hey, they're breaking the rules like really bad." <laughs> the, <laughs> we changed it for this one, okay? So no, hold hard. Don't at me. <laughs> Let's go. John right, well, typed org. <laughs> 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 yeah. uh, nice. Tighten, up. Tighten it up. Tighten it up, boys. <laughs> Am I doing on time? Girls? No, but seriously, isn't he supposed to be on this show eventually? Could be tighter. Oh, yeah. 
he, well, he said he told me twice he would be, and then he just stopped emailing me back. So maybe he blocked me not only on um, he Mastodon, blocks but no also one. on email now. He blocks no <laughs> yeah, one. <laughs> Prove yeah. it. When in doubt, go to Snopes.com. Um, That's for talking. Yeah, so, so, I mean, I'm taking him at his word. He'll be on here at some point, but uh, I don't know. That was like, I heard that like almost a year ago now. So we'll mm. see. Someday, uh, someday. Yeah, well, let's just... Jump right into the first battle, shall we? We yes. shall. In- oh, Courtesy of Gal. Looking for some Hi, baby. How you doing? Uh, we got Neil Diamond coming up first in our uh, round one face-off. Challengers approach. Oh boy. All right. <laughs> I have brought the rejected karaoke singer and cruise musician known as Neil Diamond, aka the Jewish Elvis. He, of course, ranks with greats like Elvis and the Beatles and Madonna when it comes to uh, commercial unit moving success. And I think he is a great pusher of MK Ultra programming thanks to one song that I'm sure everyone listening knows came out in 1969. And that is Sweet Caroline, of course, a very creepy love song for Caroline Kennedy. Now, growing up It wasn't in, for Caroline Blaney? Uh, <laughs> Caroline. If only. Then it would be the greatest love song of all time. But growing up in Mass, of course, I heard it over and over again because they started playing it in Fenway Park in 1997. As the story goes, it was because the employee in charge of the ballpark music had a friend whose baby was named Caroline, and the Red Sox won. So then a superstition started. Shocking, I know, for New England. And they started playing this during every eighth inning whenever the Red Sox were up. Uh, and, of course, that cemented when the Red Sox won the World Series in 2004. Uh, it made a huge comeback in 2013 during the Boston Marathon bombing when all the ballparks around the world started playing Sweet Caroline as a sign of solidarity, which I guess is kind of like changing your profile picture for ballparks. And uh, Neil Diamond showed up to Fenway to sing it live during the eighth inning that year. So huge virtue signaling going on. Uh, But it gets worse. All around the world now, sports teams are playing this song. Why? I don't know. We got the Carolina Panthers blasting it at every home win. Iowa State University Cyclones, the University of Pittsburgh Panthers, an English cricket team, soccer teams in the UK, and uh, the Swiss national soccer team. The list goes on and on until 2019 when it was selected by the Library of Congress for preservation in the National Recording Registry for being culturally, historically, or aesthetically significant. But in 2020... I think that Neil Diamond undid all of this hard brainwashing when he decided to change the lyrics in a CBS PSA virtue signaling campaign. I'm here to deduce you with this. Hi, everybody. This is Neil Diamond. And I know we're going through a rough time right now, but I love you. And I think maybe if we sing together, well, we'll just feel a little bit better. Give it a try, okay? Where it began I can't begin to know it But then I know it's growing strong Wasn't the spring 
spring became the summer Who'd have believed you'd come along Here it comes Hands Washing hands Wow Reaching out No Don't touch me Don't touch me I won't touch you Yeah, exactly. Wow. Wowie, wow, wow. He's just what, been writing that song out. Did he change the words out. Sweet Caroline? Oh, no, no, no. The chorus is the same. That's why I stopped it prematurely. Wait, but... You gotta trigger everybody's But now he's not buzz. talking about... Now he's not talking about touching a 12-year-old girl or whatever? <laughs> That's uh, the crux of a lot of his career. Uh, you know, like, young girl, you'll be a woman soon. He's a creep. And what really bugs me about this is he's touting the hand washing, but he knew what a good cold remedy was this whole time. Here's my second clip. You get a cold and you have to sing. It's, you know, it's hard enough to right. talk, but we've tried everything. I, I remember in the early 70s, I was sent around to a pharmacy in London to find a formula that, that Lady Melba, a very famous opera singer from the 1900s, had made for her. And I drank the whole thing and it was horrible and it didn't, you know, made me sicker than I than ever I was. So, um, I'm you know, I've run out of remedies, honey and hot water and things like that. So I suggest for you yeah. what you try is get four beautiful women. Yes. I like and, it already. And have them rub chicken soup on your body. Really, that works? I don't know how exactly, but <laughs> you feel so much better. Really? It, and it's the chicken soup. It's the love it's, from the chicken it's soup. It's the love. Yeah. What happens if you get four uggos? <laughs> you still Nobody feel the wants love. Four uggos. Uh, well, he might get stuck with uggos because uh, he knows that he's not the coolest. He he kind of admits to being a douchebag all the time when he shows up on TV. In some people's minds, I think it's fair to say that for whatever reason, you've never been quite cool. You must have wondered about why that is. Uh, yeah, I mean. I think I'm terrifically cool. I mean, I, I've got a good grasp on life, and I think that's the, that's the heart of it. You know, I don't have to pretend that I'm somebody else. I don't have to pretend to be bigger than I am or smaller uh. or different or scruffier or, <clears throat> you know, I'm, this is what I am, basically. Yeah. So cool. Commercial success. I am what I am. <laughs> I am what I am. And uh, one interviewer decided to ask him this question. What are you listening to on the radio these days? Or what are you listening to on your iPod or your iPhone? <laughs> I could be listening to uh, Melody Road, which is... An That's his album <coughs> that had just come out. Wait, wait, he listens to his own music? He listens That's... to his own music, and it gets worse. Why he has to listen to his own yeah, music. Kanye West would famously do that, but it's somehow <laughs> cool when Kanye does it. I don't know about this guy. He's black. black. That's why. Uh, that's the most likely thing I'd be listening to. I'm, uh, I want to uh, memorize the words because he I know have his own to words. do a performance of certain songs in about a week or two weeks. Uh, and these songs are new. Uh, they've just been completed. So I have to make sure that I have memorized all the words and everything that I want the song to represent. Uh, so I'd, I'd say my newest album is the one you'll hear on my radio. Yeah, just listening to himself. Uh, and uh, <laughs> me, 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 me. 
you know, most artists, uh, they create genuine art. But this guy, this guy, he's just writing for commercial success, and he even admits it. Ever written anything <clears throat> so personal that you couldn't perform it, that you just put away in a drawer? And... No, because then I wouldn't have written it. You only write for an audience. And... Well, um, maybe that's true. I'll have to think about that. For mm. a Most writers do. I don't know many writers that write only write yeah, for the I'd, drawer. I'd, sure, the... I'd, I'd, I'd hate to think that what I was working on would, would only, you know, would never leave the confines of my, my own. Yeah. And uh, whose approval is he seeking this whole time? I think uh, in the sense of uh, approval, you know, uh, I, I think you always want approval from your mom and uh, maybe your dad. Uh, the people around you that are closest. Uh, uh, I know when I first started to write, uh, you know, who did I play the songs for? Uh, first, for my mom and dad. Uh, and, of course, I wanted their approval, and then maybe to a girlfriend. And uh, then maybe, the, you know, the circle becomes larger and larger. Um, so in that sense, the audience over the years has replaced my mother uh, in... in in regard to providing that approval that is so necessary for any performer. Yeah. <laughs> this guy needs oh, a psychoanalyst. Oh, Funny mommy, fact. Mommy, mommy, mommy. He wrote a song hey. called Solitary Man, and it took four years of some Freudian therapist for him to realize he wrote it about himself. <laughs> yeah. I've got four the link years. to the interview. Dude, this is... It's like the um, Rick and Morty episode with Tiny Rick, where he's like, "Help! I'm trapped in a vat in the garage." Because little Rick is just all in his all the songs he writes, he doesn't realize that he's actually singing about how he doesn't want to be in this little kid's body. Jesus. Neil Diamond's just that. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, and then he's got a really famous album that happens to be a Christmas album. Hmm, that's a little perplexing. He was just telling me he purchased his own album today. But I think the the most Oof, interesting also. thing. <laughs> The album is Neil Diamond, the Christmas album. The audience loves it. Bought five copies for my mother. I think the obvious question I have to ask is, what's a nice Jewish kid well, doing with an album like yeah, this? Yeah, that's true. This is true. Well, <laughs> first I had to call my mom and get permission from her. I said, Mommy gave him permission. I want to do a real Christmas album, traditional music, religious music. She said, well, you know, she's 70 years old. She said, you know, Jesus was once a nice Jewish boy, too, so it's okay. <laughs> oh, it's cute. Oh, I, you know, I'm right ahead with it. Yeah. Um, and I'm guessing my time is almost up, but... Yes, just, we, we have entered the 10-minute mark. Oh, let's go, shoot. let's go, let's go. Can I have one last clip? Yeah, okay, he ruined a classic Hanukkah song written by Adam Sandler, and here's exactly how. So tell your friend Veronica, it's time to celebrate Hanukkah. And don't forget Hanukkah, Hanukkah's lovely, lovely Hanukkah. Just drink your gin and tonic, don't smoke your marijuana. Wow, what a waste of time that was. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, wow. Shield things to come, I guess. That's right. Shit, man. 
Well, that oh. uh, that brings us to our next Deutsch. Oh, the next Deutsch. Uh, coming in, it would be David Cross. Yes. David Cross. They nailed Jay Diddy to a David Cross. Uh, round one sees some... Jew against Jew action. I, I see where you're going yeah, with this. Don't uh, go against each other. Just like a Jew. Yeah. So, uh, David Cross, for those who don't know who he is, a uh, comic actor, uh, here's how David Cross himself describes uh, what he is known for. It, it's, it's interesting. Uh, this is a, I'm digressing here, but uh, uh-huh. uh, when people ask me, um, so what are you most known for? Uh, and... I will, it's all about your ethnicity. Like, if you are Dominican, Puerto Rican, Haitian, black, it's Scary Movie 2. Right. And that's it. That is it. <laughs> scary Movie 2 maybe Men in Yo, you're the actor in Men in Black. And um, so sometimes I get that. If you're 10 and under, it's obviously Alvin and the Chipmunks. Uh, uh, if you have uh, one of these type of mustaches and you make artisanal cardboard boxes, <laughs> then it's Mr. Show. Uh, <laughs> it's... And please somebody open up an artisanal cardboard box store. Uh, Sir Seat Sitter, we know you have one of these kind of mustaches, but do you run an artisanal cardboard box store? I've, I've recently shaved it off. But... Oh. I do have an artisanal cardboard box store. So. See, when I when I first chose this douchebag, I knew it would be a little bit of an extra challenge just because of the uh, douches do really well on this show who have a lot of pre-hate. And uh, David Cross has just not got the name recognition, I think, to have a lot of pre-hate. He has a lot of pre-hate for me, I'll tell you that. Ooh. Now, Although you, Mr. Show was a great show. That's what you told me. Mr. Show was a great show, and so I had not I'd, – I'd heard – Mr. Show being brought up in exactly that manner. People just kind of name drop it as a great show. And I went through and I watched some Mr. Show clips. Uh, Change for a dollar. I watched The Audition. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I watched Neil's Guitar School. That was the first one that was like, okay, but because of the writing. I I was curious to get some of your favorite Mr. Show sketches so that I could maybe laugh. Have David Cross make um, me laugh. I need to. Ha- I need to have it happen. I really don't. I like the show for the writing, not for Dave David Cross's performances necessarily. But Tom Kenny is in it, which I mean, what a legend, Tom Kenny. That's uh, that seems kind of like the uh, theme. Bob Odenkirk. Yeah. Bob Odenkirk, a legend. Uh, that seems like the theme. David Cross is the kind of guy who's made a career off of basically like trying to make people uncomfortable and be like an unlikable cuck. And he's uh, people. I think probably his most known role would be Tobias Funke on Arrested Development, the uh, never nude guy who is uh, famous for uh, when he blew himself into the yeah. Blue Man Group on that show. Uh, but he's been in Smurfs, I guess. He was like Gargamel in the live action slash 3D animated remake of the Smurfs. And he was in three Alvin and the Chipmunks movies, I think. Alvin and the Chipmunks. Mm. Uh, yeah, so this is why you haven't perhaps heard of him, but uh, as we saw from The Last Douche, there was like a huge swath of celebrities who got caught up in this whole fury, fever, fervor 
of uh, the great happening of our of this decade, I would say, the great mind control. And so uh, for the rest of round one, I would just like to kind of dissect this clip from David Cross. And just to set this up, this is, uh, I think, two specials ago uh, that he did this one, or maybe his latest special. It's like uh, pretty recent, definitely in the uh, sort of the slight aftermath of COVID times. It was very close to when uh, Jim Brewer did his big uh, lampooning the whole mask thing special. And this clip, it's 3 minutes, 33 seconds. And it is the clip that is available for free to kind of get a taste of David Cross. This is the clip that he's using to promote his comedy special. This is what he's putting out there for, if you like what you hear in this 3 minutes and 33 seconds, then you'll love the David Cross stand-up special. You ready for this? Oh, yeah. It's so great that we can do this, that we can all do this and gather here. And, and because we got vaccinated and because, you know, we wore masks and, and we all acted like responsible adults, uh, we can do this. We can gather and do this and not do, die. Do. You know, it's a good feeling. Ugh. Because all over America, Ugh. they're gathering and doing this. Going to a show like this, not like this, uh, probably more of a Jason Aldean, Travis Tritt, you know, Jim Brewer vibe to it. But they're, they're gathering, they're gathering in a space like this, unvaccinated, unmasked, and some of those people will die. They will die of COVID. They'll get COVID and they'll die. Notice how, like, <laughs> notice the audience is just sitting there, like, completely uncomfortably, like, uh, is there a punchline? Is this going to be funny eventually? Uh, well, yeah, that- and because people like David Cross don't actually know any real people, any blue-collar Americans, and they just assume that their fans and audience don't know any people that, that would have ever voted for Trump or not taken a vaccine. And funny enough, it seems to be right. It seems to be true with the audience reaction and like how he can whip them up and stuff. Uh, I think that that is the universe rift that we are peeking into when we see a David Cross show. Uh, I'll, I'll continue the clip here. And it's important for me to, to me that, to, to, that, you know, that, you know, I take no more than a little bit of joy in that. Um, <laughs> You know, oh my God! Why is you know that they will die uh, of COVID because people are going to die of COVID. That's just fact. We know that. That's the numbers. So those are the people that should die from COVID. Those are the. I mean, who knows how many people they've infected and unwittingly killed? How many people they've made orphans or widows or widowers? I mean, so so people are going to die of COVID. Those should be. The people that die, and um, uh, and it's it's what what I'm saying is it's okay to wish them dead. It's all right. I'm sorry. Was that too preachy? Yeah, yeah. It gets further. It goes further. You think, wow, this is peak the edge as far as he could push it. Uh, just a little bit left in this ride. 
Please, I'm giving you Jim. permission to wish them dead. It's, a, it's all right. Uh, uh, you know, don't be a dick about it. Don't, don't, you know, don't go on TV and uh, say it. But uh, <laughs> you know, just quietly in, in here in your heart, you can wish them dead. And. The reason it's okay to wish them dead is because wishes have no power. It's okay. It's fine. It's okay. You can wish for whatever the fuck you want. Doesn't mean you're going to get it. Wishes have no power. Wish away. Wish wish away. It's fine. Oh, yeah, here it comes. In fact, wishes have, and this is a scientific fact, wishes have exactly as much power as prayer does. Same thing. Same thing. You have 100 people praying for something here and 100 people wishing for the same thing. Same results every single time, exact same time. Now, if those people, those two groups could get together and combine their absurdist, ineffective things. Oh my gosh, the power they would have. I wish that your prayer would come true. Well, I pray that your wish comes true. A deal was struck and nothing ever changed. There we go. There we go. So so if you liked any of that, well, you're going to love the uh, David Cross uh, special. Sorry, you had to hear that. Is douche? It sounds really special. I apologize. Sorry, you had to hear that. I'm sorry. <laughs> You're all gonna die. So that's that's uh, kind of uh, who is David Cross for my round one, and uh, how am I doing on time? We doing all right? Uh, you come under just under uh, ten minutes. All right, nine minutes and fifty one seconds. Almost in tune there. Nice. Uh, no, uh, no airplane jokes yet, but trust me, forty five minutes from now, you're gonna be begging for an airplane joke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh man. All right, then. Well, if that's uh, if that's case is closed. Close the curtain. Yeah. And take that lever or felt pen or touchscreen and put a big fucking X. All right. Polls are open. <laughs> uh, Booberry at mk.spook.social round one. You would just listen to Dame DeLorean and Sir Spencer of the Ball After Ball podcast go toe-to-toe as they brought the rejected karaoke singer Neil Diamond versus anus tart himself, David Cross. Polls are open, people. This is going to be a real nail-biter for me. <laughs> that is rude. Right. Uh, and drop those into the chats. And the uh, phone number to call in if you'd like to weigh in on this is 865-465-6271. Phone lines are open. Callers or uh, representatives are standing by. And this show is lit in the BTS feed. If you would like to boost tonight's competitors, please feel free to head over there and shoot them some stats. You're going to make my lights flash. It's going to be really cool. I'm very much looking forward to it. Boost. Yeah, boost the uh, BTS feed, and the splits will go to the four contestants. You're ugly. You're disgusting. I'm going to kill you. Give me $200. You are about to die. I know that. 865-465-6271. Let's go, let's go, let's go. That's how I play these clips. I appreciate everybody calling in today. I just start getting so pissed at these people. Ooh, it's a close one. This is a real toughie. 
puppy. A new start, David Cross. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! I I mean, I figured that that guy was bad, uh, based off of just being in Hollywood and being extremely, extremely left. But holy shit! Oh yeah, he got uh, all of the TDS vaccinations and boosters mm. as they came out, like the the party line stuff, you know. Oh my god! Wow. That real like just. Mainline it right in the arm. Go, go, go. It was so funny. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then. Oh, my God. (laughs) Ooh. I guess he would be like the the blue and on Randy Quaid. He'd be like the the other side to Randy Quaid's QAnon. I think think that's a good good description. Yeah. I think that's where he's at. I think that's where he's at. We just had a boost come in from Chad Farrow through Podverse, boosting 3333, saying boost. Um, woo. And there he goes again, oh. 333 from Frankie Paint through Fountain, saying Frankie Paint, exclamation lamp, boost, question mark. And yes, it is working. That's a big old affirmative. Hell yeah. I'll have to get a video here in a second. Fuck yes. Thanks, oh, Chad yeah. F and Frankie Paint. Appreciate y'all. And yeah. That number to call is 865-465-6271. You, too, can influence votes today. <laughs> and, yes, the, and, yes, the phone lines are actually open this time. You don't want to Just... mail them in, though. Oh, <laughs> I thought we accepted mail-in voting for this. Only Depends mail-in on the producer, voting. Really. Let's see here. Is okay, actual... well, we did a good thing here. Oh, my God, it makes me so angry. We're going to go to break and come back with your calls. <laughs> oh cool this actually gives me a uh countdown uh one minute and 30 seconds remaining people Ooh. oh precise let's go let's go let's nice. go <laughs> down to the wire here people who will it be david cross or neil diamond i, I see where you're going with this uh <laughs> just like a jew I think a good barometer is how many times Makey sighs during the presentation. <laughs> yes. There's a lot for both of them. The exasperation mm-hmm. level. She got like a clicker. <laughs> and he was on mute for most of it. He was all the whole fucking time. <laughs> Uh, 3333 from Cotton Gin through Podverse. He said, could die a happy man if I never heard Sweet Caroline again. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Thank you, Cotton Gin. It's true. Okay, it's a flock in yeah. New England to write that kid. That's 20 song. seconds remaining on the clock, Suck. people. Oh, shit. 20 seconds. Oh, shit. Woo! It's getting serious. Man. Brave. Bold. Brash. I'm, I'm, my chest is beating. Man, I'm sorry it took so long. This big is dogs. this is a big man. Five, four, three, two, one. Final results. Uh, with 24 votes in his favor, David Cross wins round ah. one. Oh yeah. <laughs> Neil Neil Diamond taking away 16 of the votes. We had 40 people coming through. Hell yeah. 
Okay, well, we did a good thing here. (laughs) All right, should I uh, give Neil a a goodbye? Yes, please, a a goodbye clip for uh, for Neil Diamond. Okay, well, you mentioned the Uggos earlier, and uh, he's a big fan of them, as you will hear in this clip. You are, an, and, and for three this decades, from the women have swooned all over you. Many of the women in this audience are we're, we're having to restrain them. But I just wonder, what do you find sexy in a woman? Uh, honestly, if a woman can make me laugh, I find that just disarming. <laughs> yeah, right. uh, all of the, the vulnerability that can come out of me as a man. Uh, it just opens up. If a woman can make me laugh and so has a sense of So you'd find Joy Behar, humor. for example, the ultimate insectionist. You know, I think she's a sexy broad. She is. <laughs> is he just pointing to like a total goblino? She is. And I know she said she's not getting married and all that stuff, so I'm pretty safe. But she is one sexy girl. I love a Jewish guy. I love a Jewish guy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Oy vey. Wow, you've got the I joy just, in there. I just realized um, Neil Diamond is the female, is the male Barbara Streisand. He I is, mean, and they went to Barbara school Streisand. together. Wow. They went to school they together, went, even. Oh. And yeah. they have a song together. Yep. I best get to fucking. <laughs> Wait, are you going to do Battle of the Jew Bags eventually? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't hear anything. I'm actually deaf. <laughs> Sorry you had to hear that. Uh, no, that's, that's, that seems like a, that seems like an inevitability. I mean, we pretty much have already done that. <laughs> now hold on, hold on, hold on. Only two and a half percent of the United States population is Jewish, but we have three Jewish contestants in this. How does uh, it happen? Yeah. They're all, they're overrepresented. I'm telling you, even in the douchebag battles. But uh, we got to give the uh, the victory goes to David Cross. Douchebag. Nice work. And that brings us to part two of round Round one. one. Yes, we have Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift going toe to toe. And thanks to Gal, it'll be Travis Kelsey up first. All right. Well, this is an interesting round one matchup. Travis Kelsey versus Taylor Swift. uh, Because if you were, like I know most of you are, you're probably not uh, plugged in super deep main veining the... uh, current mainstream culture but uh if you are then uh you probably have not seen the end of either of these uh next two douches uh but my job is to uh make the case for travis being the bigger douche although i think uh we'll find out that they are kind of bumping into each other in a lava lamp and kind of globbing together and becoming one big giant douche the both of them uh the same douche so uh this is gonna be a tough one but uh, And before I give it to the main show, Travis Kelsey, I just want to let y'all know that this is just the beginning. We ain't done yet. We ain't done yet. So, Travis Kelsey, tied in for the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, you'll probably see both of these douchebags, actually, uh, if you have a TV screen turned into CBS right now, as the AFC Championship mm. game takes place. Uh, and the Chiefs are playing, and uh, Taylor's been to many games this year, and they always got to show her on camera. Like, I don't know, it's probably contractually obligated or something. Probably a deal worked out. Uh, it's all that anybody fucking talks about that just is like, blah, 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 blah. but Travis, Travis has been a douche for a long time. He's been playing football for 10, 11 years in the NFL. Uh, and 
actually way back, he was only uh, in the NFL for two years, he had a reality TV show on E! Which took the format of, there's many of these shows where you get a celebrity and you get them to uh, go on dates with a bunch of desperate women and kind of whittle them down and pick one at the end. It's kind of like a watered-down Bachelor-style thing. Uh, Travis Kelsey had one of these. In fact, he mentions it uh, and maybe laments it a bit on the SNL episode that he hosted. Uh, so let's hear a little bit about Travis kind of a little bit separate, self-deprecating, talking about his TV show. This isn't my first time hosting a TV show. I actually had my own dating show on E! called Catching Kelsey. Uh, it was kind of like The Bachelor, uh, except instead of roses, I handed out footballs, and instead of watching, people did not. <laughs> Which was uh, a little... Now, hold on, let me pause it. I know it, uh, Travis is a unique way of speaking that is difficult to understand, but the joke oh. he was saying is that people actually watched The Bachelor and did not watch his show. Uh, instead of pe people watching, they did not. That's what he's trying to say. People did not. <laughs> <laughs> Which was uh, a little embarrassing, but I have to say, I got pretty good at reality TV. Like, check this one out. What do we name this? Stanley. Okay, so for context, this kind of is a visual gag. Uh, they're at, I, I don't really know where, they're at some kind of fucking uh, food bodega type thing. There's this enormous polis Polish sausage on a paper plate with like some gross looking chili just on one part of it. I couldn't figure out what the dish was or like why it was or whatever. He asks the girl, what should we name this? She says, Stanley. <laughs> Avery is hysterical. <laughs> right? I don't get it either. Uh, that show is owned by NBC Universal, so it should be on Peacock, but Peacock said, nah, we good. <laughs> As we all said, yeah. We you good. can hear the CTE in the tone of his voice. <laughs> I couldn't tell if he I couldn't tell if he was like he if he talks black or he has brain damage. I think it's a little bit of Not a combo. That those things are in any way related. <laughs> okay. I think it's a little yeah. bit of a combo. He's got some both. He definitely talks very black. Uh he polishes it up for his SNL appearance for sure. But, um, yeah, there is a lot of that kind of thing. Uh, so no, was it pretty, was it pretty close together when, uh, Travis and Taylor host, they both host SNL was that, I don't know how, but the they timeline were a few years apart. Taylor hosted far before okay. he did. So this is after his second Super Bowl win, uh, last season. So his SNL appearance is really, uh, recent. They called him according to him. And uh, yeah, other people constantly clown on him for the dating show, including a segment on uh, uh, Kimmel, where he does the mean tweets thing. Uh, here was Travis appearing in the Jimmy Kimmel mean tweets segment. Good God, Travis Kelsey is such a f***ing tool. And his TV show sucks ass. <laughs> no. Uh, but it was fun for Travis, I'm sure. I, I would do it if I had the opportunity, probably for just little nuggets like this. I'll tell you what, I dream big. Big dreamer. When I tell you um, spraying a bunch of girls in white t-shirts with water has been a dream of mine for a while now, 
came true. Came true <laughs> all over those girls. Uh, I'll I'll wrap up with this clip. This is the uh, demonstration of how he uh, talks usually. Uh, him and most of the team were absolutely hammered during the Super Bowl celebration parade they threw here in Kansas City, which we did attend. Uh, it was mobbed out uh, at Union Station. And uh, here is kind of your relaxed Kelsey in his uh, in his zone, let's say. Peace kingdom, let me hear you! Why is this guy still on? Let me take you back to 2022 in the month of maybe April. Maybe. Maybe. Guys were getting signed left and right. The haters were saying that the Chiefs would never make the playoffs. The haters were saying the Chiefs were done. If you knew the Chiefs were going to win the division, let me hear you say, hell yeah. All right now. This is great. If you knew... The Chiefs were going to get the number one seed. Let me hear you say, hell yeah. Hell yeah. I knew it. You knew it, but they ain't know it. They ain't know it. If y'all knew that Patrick Mahomes was going to win the MVP, let me get a hell yeah. (laughs) If you knew the Kansas City Chiefs, we're going to have the best offense in the National Football League. Let me hear you say, oh! Fuck your defense, I guess, Trev. That's a good one right there. I like that one right there. <laughs> if you what? knew Chris Jones was going to be the best defensive player in the nation, let me hear you say, oh! <laughs> I feel so good, don't it? Let me hear you say, oh! Nah, 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 nah. All right, all right, all right. All right, all right. Yeah, you give Trav the mic, and he's going to do the call and response uh, accordingly. And uh, yeah, He should have exactly. taken lessons from his brother. I know. Yeah, they're starkly contrasted, and if he makes that, it... That promo that his brother had is just, like, gold compared to this. Like, what is that? If uh, <laughs> if we happen to make it to another round, I do have a contrasting clip of the type of person his older brother is versus him. Uh, but, yeah, there is a definitely a stark contrast there. Can you dig it? I do appreciate, though, the, the poo-poo noises in the mic because uh, they make for excellent ISOs. <laughs> anyway. Uh, Man, I'm sorry it yeah, took so good. long, big dog. Sorry it took so long, big dog. All right. I don't know where I'm at on uh, the timer, but... I think we're right about 10 or 11, right? Or am I wrong? Literally uh, just showing how eight. stupid I am. <laughs> Sorry, we are right around nine minutes. Ooh, okay. Get another right. Uh So, you know, Travis is in this to win this, even though he has picked up a super douche along the way. Uh, he's still eyeing on the prize for the final douche because he knows what he gets at the end. Beautiful trophy! Yeah. 
<laughs> oh my god. That's what we play for. The beautiful the beautiful trophy. Can you say na 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 He's just doing nineties wrestling and rap promos. But like bad, like really poorly. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. I'm just trying to be as discreet as possible to tell him, hey, if they play it like that, I'm wide open. Wide open. It was, it was like one step removed from going, if you knew the Kansas City Chiefs was going to win the Super Bowl, and let me hear you say, <laughs> <laughs> let me hear you say, Hong Kong, everybody in the crowd just looks at each other like, what, uh, where did he start with that one? show, though. People are doing shit like that. Oh, yeah. Na-na-na, baby. Are we ready for the dark horse? I'm ready. I hope you're all ready. Could be tighter. Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift is a douchebag, and the men and fans that she digs her claws into are idiots who have completely lost their minds. Uh, Now, (laughs) she was the most Googled person of 2023 because, of course, she is a cheap, mass-produced product, and she started getting paid for songs that she was writing at 14. This could largely be because of her dad, who is a 30-year vet of Merrill Lynch and pretty much sold his daughter into this show business. Uh, but grossly, she has 13 consecutive number one albums. That's right. All of her albums. They just go straight to number one. How? Why? Oh, maybe because she's a musical genius, as you will find out in this first clip. The, the problem that I was having with the solo is that it like it's getting a little noodly. Like it's like, little, 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 little. Um, I'd rather it be like less less notes. That would be great. Let's try it again. Less notes, that'd be great, yes. Spoken like a true <laughs> musical genius who just, with hard work and her creative prowess, earns her way to number one every single time. There was a, a great moment in the Rick James, uh, Mike Judge Tales from the Tour Bus episode where his, I think it was his uh, keyboard, keyboard player, saxophone player, says like, yeah, all those people would play all that complicated shit. I call that shit broke music. All that jazz and shit, all that. It's like, you're working way harder, and, you, and it's broke music. <laughs> fuck that broke. How are you going to get that, that monkey? <laughs> yeah, he goes, fuck that broke music. Play some shit that niggas can hum. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, here we go. Now, now, now. Yeah. She's got <laughs> yeah. it down, man. Um, but well, I'll you. Hilariously... At some point in her career, she started shifting her focus on misogyny, uh, which is silly considering, you know, the power of her dad and the fact that all of her hits are about men. I'm trying to be as educated as possible on how to respect people, on how to deprogram the misogyny in my own brain, toss it out, reject it and resist it. Like, there is no such thing as a slut. There is no such thing as a bitch. Mm. There is no such thing as someone who's bossy. There's just a boss. We don't want to be condemned for being multifaceted. 
Sorry, that was a real soapbox. No, oh Why did God, I say sorry? <laughs> I'm sorry, was that too just, preachy? No, it's because we're trying to say sorry. Yeah, we <laughs> legitimately are. We're like, sorry, was I loud in my own house that I bought with the songs that I wrote Whoa. about my own life? Extra flex, damn. Yeah. Oh, God. She does currently own eight properties. Yeah, just saying. That's uh, a big carbon footprint. Yeah. Yeah, she has one of the biggest. And she talked about, you know, not slut-shaming there, but listen to what she had to say to herself in a recent Vogue interview if she could talk to her younger self. If I could talk to my 19-year-old self, I'd just say, hey, you know, you're going to you're gonna date just like a normal 20-something should be allowed to, but you're going to be a national lightning rod for slut-shaming. <laughs> mm-hmm. No such thing, though. What the yeah well starting around 2015 she started getting uh, quietly political i know there's there's been a lot of discussion about this video and what it means but i'm just happy that in 2015 we live in a world where boys can play princesses and girls can play soldiers thank you so much yes <laughs> Yes, and the oh God. the whole uh, this was for the Bad Blood music video that she was accepting the award, and come to find out, she's quite petty, and the whole scenario of the song is actually about a feud between her and Katy Perry, but we won't mention that because girl power. Um, so the political rantings continued on her social media with her talking into her phone, sadly, at all of her crazed Swifties. I got my census the other day and there were two choices for gender there was male and female and that erasure was so upsetting to me the erasure of transgender and non-binary people oh, blow it out and when you hands. don't collect information on a group of people that means that you have every excuse in the world not to support them <laughs> <sighs> yeah excuses that's that's what we call it what a weird excuse for like data collection Right. Don't like, you want to be fuck? supported and represented? Give us your <coughs> fucking your uh, information. information taken? Yeah. 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 Well, she totally ripped open the floodgates in 2020, and uh, this political cringe was featured in her documentary, Miss Americana. We've not got involved with politics or religion. Yeah, but this but, is on the home front. But, and also, back in the presidential election, I was in such a horrendous place that I wasn't going to pop my head out of the sand for why anything. Would you? I mean, does Bob Hope do well, it? Well, that's her dad. Do it? Does, does Mick hey, Jagger do hell? it? Come on. No, what that's I'm saying right is Bob it, Hope and First of all, Crosby. these aren't your dad's celebrities and these aren't your dad's Republicans. Well, imagine if we came to you and said, hey, we've got this idea that we could halve the number of people that come to you next tour. And the other thing, just from a security so you standpoint, think people- Taylor Swift comes out against Trump. I don't care if they write that. I'm sad that I didn't two years ago, but I can't change that. I'm saying right now that this is something that I know is right, and you guys, I need to be on the right side of history. Oh. It doesn't win that at least I, I, at least oh, I tried. Here's the, here's the problem. I just want to read you what I wrote, and I'm going to try to start. I just really want you to know that this is important to me. I this totally is something agree that, have you, with have the you issue. Just, have you heard you. first? Have Let, you just heard? Yes, I've read the entire thing. And the bottom line right now, I'm terrified. I'm the guy that went out and bought armored cars. I worry for her safety as much as anybody does. Maybe more. 
It really is a big deal. She votes against against fair pay for women. This is Marsha Blackburn, the Tennessee senator that she's talking about. She votes against the reauthorization of the of the Violence Against Women Act, which is just <laughs> basically <laughs> protecting us from domestic abuse and stalking, stalking. She votes. She thinks that that if you're a gay couple, or even if you look like a gay couple, you should be allowed to be kicked <laughs> out of the restaurant. Really well. You look really gay. Basic human rights, and it's right and wrong at this point. And I can't see another commercial and see her disguising these policies behind the words Tennessee Christian values. Those aren't Tennessee Christian values. I live in Tennessee. I am Christian. That's not what we stand for. I need to do this. I need you to just... I need you to forgive me for doing it, because I'm doing it. Yeah, Dad. Y'all look pretty gay. You're going to have to get in the car, come downtown with us. <laughs> She's a Christian? Is that how a Tennessee totally goes? rehearsed. Totally. My husband was going to beat me, but then there was a le- uh, legislation passed. Whew. <laughs> uh, where am I on time? Uh, we are at eight minutes and 17 okay. seconds. Cool. Uh, well, what do you think T Swift would have done if she wasn't a singer? I'll just tell uh, you from her own mouth. If you were not a singer, what would you be doing? Might be in advertising. Yeah, you know it. That's right. <laughs> They're the same picture. Yeah, yeah. Yep. And she's got some uh, advice to future singers. What advice would you give to anyone who wants to become a singer? Um, get a good lawyer. Oh, there you go. There you go. One of them good Jew lawyers. <laughs> and of course, some advice for uh, everyone out there. I think that when you set your sights low and hope for the best, but kind of, you know, aim high, but expect that you're not going to really get there. If if you get really, really, really lucky and sell three million records, every day you wake up with a smile on your face. Yeah, all you have to do is sell three million dollars worth of records. Guys, it's easy. Why are we not waking up with smiles on our faces every day? I best get to fucking do it. That's right. What's the most adventurous thing you've done? Like watching Shark Week. Ah, what the fuck? (laughs) It's all ads. Yeah. That's her entire existence. I'm so glad I'm hearing all these clips for the first time because they're hitting me hard, dude. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. And here, here's what she has to say about her music, and I'll end it on this one. And I'll write your name. That's so annoying. <laughs> she said it herself. That's so annoying. Wow. That is rude. Oh, wow. <laughs> Mind-blowing. I hope everybody's Great. ready for a... Uh... Neil Diamond, Bono, and Taylor Swift coming soon to a music festival near Coachella you. Coachella sucks this year. <laughs> oh. as, long as, you, uh, as long as you have your proof of booster, you can get in there and uh, rock it out with them. Grow, baby! Oh, <laughs> uh, shit. All right. Well, uh, this is round two, correct? Round one. Round, round one, bracket two. Bracket two. Sounds good. And the polls are now live, people. Close the curtain. And take that lever, or felt pen, or touchscreen, and put a big fucking X. Get those votes in at booberry at mk.spook.social. <laughs> Travis Kelsey's picture with his hands up. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, give us a call, 865-465-6271. 
Representatives are standing by to hear your thoughts. That's right. Give us a call to say na 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 na. No way! Exclamation point! Exclamation point! Amazing. Oh shit! Can you dig it? We had a couple of boosts come through. Uh, Last one was from Anonymous through Podverse for 3333 saying, I like douchebags. And then we had 1111 from Fletcher through uh, Fountain. I'm not seeing the live episode in Fountain. I'm going to have to send these back after the show's done. Uh, We also had 8080 from NetNed saying, boosting the best around. Nothing's going to ever keep you down. And uh, 2222 from Bully Steed saying, more Jim Jones Kool-Aid for the douchebag. Thirsty bra. Thank you, boosters. And thanks again to Sir Vito or the uh, cousin Vito for the dollar a douchebag pledge. Hello, caller. It's Battle of the Douchebags, season two, episode two. How you doing? What you thinking? What you wearing? Who you gonna vote for? Let me hear you say ah. Hey, all right. fucking douchebags yeah there were some real good picks this time around i gotta say that it was stacked this bracket is stacked uh, you know t swizzle man fuck her she's she's cringy and she does even she's ahead of Nicki minaj and lizzo lizzo when it comes to satanic imagery and illuminati and like nambla boy like child love symbols in her fucking shows what's all that about and she has a, a broader reach, you know, to all them. Broader reach because all her fans all are that. girls. She has, she has, <laughs> she reach a she lot of broads. Two, she has two billion female fans plus Darren O'Neill. <laughs> <laughs> that checks out. <laughs> that checks out. Love you, Darren. Well, I'll uh, I'll leave y'all to it. Love the fucking show. I just uh, wanted to say ah, na 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 na. Thank you, Thanks, baby. You gotta fight oh, for yeah. your right to party. As Travis would remind you. We ain't Beastie done Boys yet. This is just the beginning. This is gonna keep going. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So what <laughs> happened is nothing. <laughs> this shit ain't nothing to me, man. By this shit. In the 70s, I, I was fucking 25 fat girls to get them to go get diet pill. Wow, what a waste of time that was. <laughs> wow. Phone lines are still open. If anybody wants to call in real quick, that number is 865-465-6271. Yeah, brother. I like these polls better on Miskey than wow. Mastodon. I gotta say, they, you see the results change in lifetime. They look yeah. so good. Uh, 30, 38 votes in. One minute remaining. Yeah, the seconds remaining, too. Does a little countdown every three seconds that reloads. The technology is getting better. I am pretty smart, yay. (laughs) Yay. The (laughs) na-na-na. You got it. You're a dick. (laughs) You're a dick. You're a dick. You're a dick. You're a dick. 
All right, I think it's time. Oh, boy. I'm going to go ahead and shut down these phone lines until the next poll. 30 seconds remaining. Lots of things happening. Can you taste it in the air, people? Yes, he believed he was drugged and then raped by Taylor Swift. <laughs> no way! Exclamation point! Exclamation point! I best get to fucking. What prompted you to, to tweet that? People have to stop tweeting this nonsense. All right. With uh, let me refresh, make sure it is actually closed, and forty votes again. We have Taylor Swift taking the victory with thirty-two of the votes. Eight coming in for Mouth Sounds, Travis Kelsey. Oh. <laughs> All right. Big Taylor Swift win. All right. Nice. Congrats. And then uh, play out clip uh, play out clip for uh, yeah. Travis Kelsey. I, I figured it would be a very tall order to beat Taylor Swift in the douchebag round, so I uh, do have some prepared for our, our loser of the first round. Ah, loser! You stupid loser! You stinky loser! I try my hardest to make an actual piece of art instead of a clusterfuck. But it didn't turn out how I wanted it to. It's gonna end with the anthem. And y'all gotta help me say it right here, one last time, for 2019-2020 World Champions! You You gotta fight for your right to party! Believe it. I love y'all. If y'all knew that Travis wasn't going to make it to round two, let me hear you say bye. Bye bye. Bye bye. Bye bye. I'm sorry. He's out of his mind staying up partying. Uh, Oh, we might have to hear some more. He he may be out of the first round, but he's just a couple minutes away from yet another fucking Super Bowl. It's crazy. Crazy. Dude, they plan. Those things are rigged decades in advance. <laughs> uh, oh shit! But it brings us to round one, bracket three of round one. Yes, 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 yes. Round, round one. Challengers approach. In this matchup, we have Mary Kate Ultra versus Make Heroism with Lena Dunham and Bono. Coming up first is going to be Lena Dunham. All right, everybody. I just got to say, I have mad respect for everybody doing these douchebags. There has been a dark cloud behind me these past few weeks. Clipping (laughs) the douchebags are in my dreams in in the way that the clip sounds. So let's get into Lena. Uh, She she's a bit of an underdog. Uh, She's a millennial writer, director, actress, actress. I guess she's a comedian. Uh, she's going to be directing the new, uh, Mattel's newest project, Polly Pocket, by the way. So you got that shit. To oh, shit. God. <laughs> she is a staunch feminist and has probably apologized for controversial tweets more than she's done anything else. She was discovered by Judd Apatow and a rocket was strapped to her back at age 23 when she created the HBO show Girls. Which is she about discovered a inside of a dumpster by Judd Apatow? <laughs> just... I think so. They just throw these Lena Dunhams <laughs> out, huh? Wow. I'm going to need this one. Lena, Lena Dunham dumpster fire. The feds um, don't want you to know that the Lena Dunhams down at the park are free. I have <laughs> five Lena Dunhams at my house. Why? Oh, my God, no. Trust me, you don't want that. Oh, <laughs> shit, yeah. <laughs> 
So uh, the show is about rich brats treating themselves and others like garbage in New York City. Uh, her character, which is loosely based, I think it's very much so mimicking her. Uh, it's based on herself, uh, says that she's the voice of a generation and she's just an asshole. But um, though she's famous for the show and I again, I guess, being controversial and making tweets, her main job seems to be pushing uh, vote blue no matter who. So uh, here is my first clip, folks. Your first time shouldn't be with just anybody. You want to do it with a great guy. It should be with a guy with beautiful, someone who really cares about and understands women. A guy who cares whether you get health insurance and specifically whether you get birth control. The consequences are huge. You want to do it with a guy who brought the troops out of Iraq. You don't want a guy who says, oh, hey, I'm at the library studying when really he's out not signing the Lily Ledbetter Act or who thinks that gay people should never have beautiful, complicated weddings of the kind we see on Bravo or TLC all the time. It's a fun game to say, who are you voting for? And they say, I don't want to tell you. And you say, no, who are you voting for? And they go, guess. Think about how you want to spend those four years. In college age time, that's 150 years. Also super uncool to be out and about. And says, did you vote? And you go, no, I didn't. I wasn't ready. My first time voting was amazing. It was this line in the sand. Before I was a girl, now I was a woman. I went to the polling station. I pulled back the curtain. I voted for Barack Obama. Stunning and brave. Yeah, so this was my first impression of Lena. I had a spiritual moment with finding this uh, campaign ad again because I realized that I hated her before I ever knew who she was. Uh, the ad was everywhere uh, right when I became of legal voting age, so it just haunted me everywhere I went. Um, but let's get into some more shilling for ideals. Uh, the following clip is from three different interviews regarding her relationship with uh, now ex Jack Antonoff, who there's a connection there with Taylor Swift, her uh, fancy producer there. Ooh. Um, <laughs> and it ends with her uh, discussing Jewish. her marriage with her husband now, Louis Felber. Now, you and Jack, here's the one thing that I want to say that I admire very much. Oh, you're Jack Jewish, right? Very happy and very in love. Mm -hmm. And you will not get married until it is legal for everyone to get married in all 50 states. Yes. And I love that. Yes. I love that. It's something that the idea of having a celebration that can't be fully shared among all the people in my life and all the people that we love just doesn't really feel like a celebration at all. So until that's something that everyone can join into with with no sense of being left out on any level politically emotionally it's just not something that we're gonna well, and, that was a great said, clip of a cia agent admirable that you would not get married until it was legal for everyone to get married and now where's your ring because it's now legal for everybody just Oh, this is before and after. Which is beautiful. It is beautiful. Thank you. So now, what's the what's the? So it was funny the day that it was funny. gay marriage became <laughs> legal across this country. Yay! Clap. Please clap. Please clap. Suddenly, the text just started coming from our friends, from our mothers, from our exercise instructors being like, finally, it's your time. And we kind of looked at each other and we were like, oh, God, what have we done? <laughs> so then we didn't think this would ever be legal. No, <laughs> we were hiding behind fake liberal ideals. No, <gasps> no where's the bell? Say. You guys just celebrated your one year anniversary. We did. Congratulations. Thank you. That's it's so cool. 
I didn't think I, I did not ever think I'd get married. I didn't think I was going to be a marriage person, but I'm enjoying it tremendously. Yeah. So I think Alina says it pretty well there. Her her words hold no weight and she only cares about pandering. Um, yeah, I was going to say that's a great uh, clip of a CIA or slash Mossad agent interviewing a dumpy whore. <laughs> wait, wait, who's who? <laughs> Which one's the agent? I can't I can't tell the difference. Um <laughs> So the the next clue, the next two clips, uh, I'd like to look at how she got into such an influential place. Uh, spoiler alert: she did it all herself. Uh, when listening to this, keep in mind that both of her parents are extremely successful artists, and she is related to the Tiffany and Company jewelry family. Oh, and her best friend that she brought on to the show that uh, her show girls. Um, is the daughter of English rock star Simon Kirk. He's the drummer of Free and rock, and a rock supergroup uh, Bad Company. And she's just making it as though, she, you know, she started from the bottom Boot and had absolutely no connections. Discovered in a dumpster behind uh, Tiffany. Girls huh? has earned so much praise, <laughs> and it's been called brilliant countless times. But it's also attracted a fair share of criticism, being too white, Yep. To middle class, charges of nepotism, or simply that's just navel gazing. Yeah. How do you deal with all that criticism? I can go down the thing. The nepotism thing is ridiculous. It's like no one ever got a television show because their mother was like, you know, an alternative art figure in the 1980s and 90s. Like, that's not how it works. I wish that's how it worked. And I didn't cast anyone for any reason, but that they are... Um, people who fascinate and thrill me. And Brian I feel, Williams didn't strong arm you. Into no, I didn't grow up in a house that watched news. I didn't even really know who Brian Williams was. I was like, had him confused with Charlie Rose. I was Bullshit. Like, okay, guys, do your thing. I thought Zosh's name was Zosiah Mamey. I like didn't even realize. And I'm not, I mean, I respect David Zosiah Mamet's work Mamey, through, but I wasn't like, gotta get a mammoth in this show. <laughs> Jemima's my best friend from, you know, sixth grade. And I think also... Not to be the girl who cried misogyny every day, but people are always looking for reasons why women are successful. Mm. Right. It couldn't be any of your connections to anything. It couldn't be that. It has to be misogyny. Um, and By the way, so, fuck Quentin Tarantino for reminding us that this person existed when he put her in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. <laughs> oh, I haven't seen that yet. Oh, God. Oh, boy. Yeah. Well, she's coming back around again, 2025. Uh, that Polly Pocket movie should be here. But um, and here's a, another clip of her feeling like an outsider. Polly Pocket. I kind of never you. started to feel like an insider, and I've ultimately realized that that was another part of the Arrested Development. Is like I'm still very stuck in many ways in the mentality of being like rejected at summer camp. I mean, to be totally frank, I was a kid with mental illness. <laughs> I was mental. always very physically sensitive, and then starting at 13, I was always sick, both with obsessive compulsive disorder and what I now understand was endometriosis. I would like go to the hospital every six months with a horrible stomach ache. No one could explain. I had a lot of fear around social interactions, and so we see this all the time in Hollywood backfire. Like the men who had pain and rejection as teenagers now start fucking models and mm -hmm. making hideous business deals and crashing Maseratis. My reaction was more like, I don't, I don't think I'll ever feel like I remember going to the first Met ball. And I said to my mom, as long as I'm alive, I'm never going to feel like I'm welcome. And you know what that actually was her leading into like what that whole, why she said that take a guess of why she was saying that. 
if it's uh, if your guess is that it's to apologize for something that she did wrong, you'd be right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was right on the tip went, of my tongue. <laughs> she went to the Met Gala and uh, Odell Beckham Jr. was there. I guess he was near her and he didn't talk to her. And then in an interview with one of her besties, Amy Schumer, uh, another fellow douche we got here. Uh, she said that, uh, she just assumed he wasn't attracted to her because she's not conventionally attractive. Mm. And of course, because the left eats its own, they were all pissed at her for telling a black man what to do. So then she went on a campaign about apologizing for, uh, yet another controversy. So, um, you got a problem with that, nigga? Uh, I uh, yeah, I'm at like I think about the 10 minute mark now, right? I had one last clip that's like uh, one minute long, and it's just thir- 13 things to not say to a friend in her audio. I think, you book. Can, I think you can blast through that one real quick. All right, sweet. 13 things I've learned are not okay to say to friends. One, she's chubby in a different way than we are. Two, don't worry, no one will remember this when you're dead. Three, no, please don't apologize. If I had your mother, I'd be a nightmare, too. Four. It's all right. Honesty has never really been your thing. Five. Maybe you should open a store? That would be a good job for you. Six. Holocaust, eating disorder, same difference. Seven. I googled him and rape autofills after his name. Eight. But it's different because I actually have a dad. Nine. Come on, please let me pay for lunch. You don't have a job. 10. There's a chapter about you in my book. 11. There's nothing about you in my book. 12. Oh, hey, your boyfriend tried to kiss me while you were off getting a smoothie. I mean, either that or he was smelling my mouth. 13. Have a nice life, bitch. Take it easy, champ. Why don't you stop talking for a while? Maybe sit the next couple plays out. You know what I mean? God, yeah, my uh, writing hand is really tired from taking notes of all that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Is your writing mm-hmm. hand uh, coincidentally the same as your Jack and offhand? It is not. I could not. Okay. Uh, no, I got too much work to do, man. All right. <laughs> I do it at the same time with the same yeah. hand. That's right. Use the cum as ink. When I'm drawing those, <laughs> when I'm drawing those boobies during uh, hyperspace out, I'm, I'm also. I don't. <laughs> I don't need sealing wax to seal my envelopes. <laughs> <laughs> Saves money, you know? Good for the yeah. environment. I am my own wax. Okay. What next now? Yeah. Is that is that poll time or no, we no, we have a next guy. We have a next thing. That's right. Yeah, it's a thing, all right. All right. So we went from uh we got Bono. Bono, Ooh. is that how you say his name? Uh, uh, uh Yoko Bono. As far as I'm concerned, you can pronounce it however you want. Um Bono, I guess. I guess, yeah, we'll get right into it. Um, so, I don't know if you've heard of this guy, but uh, he uh, he wrote this in his book, so maybe this will help you out. A spectacle. A show. Making a show out of yourself. A curious thing to be doing with a life. Show business shamanism, all kinds of reasons we turn up in the stalls or on the stage. So uh, Bono really pitches himself as a, as a big showman. Um, he's in the, uh, the band U2. They're, they're really good. I don't know if you've heard them. Um, 
They're a really good band. Um, they play real good rock and roll. Um, Bono did an early interview in his career, and this is this is the kind of stuff that he has to say about his performances in the rock and roll industry. I think we make very bad rock and roll stars, you two. I think one of the myths about this group is that, you know, that we're going to make anthemic-like music, you know. It's, it's the triumph, you know. Bono stands there, you know, soldier poet, his, his head held high. You know, the truth is, is, is rather the opposite. I think our audience know us even more than we know ourselves. And they see in you 2 a band that's fallen on its face so many times, you know, and the things it's said in interviews like this or in print or the concerts we've played, but a band that's got back up on its feet. And I think that's what people are relating to. A band that are for really outsiders. And in some ways, we are fish out of water in rock and roll. We're not very good at what rock and, roll, you know, what rock and rollers are supposed to be good at, which is even the periphery. Making music. Hard agree. <laughs> Wow. You guys don't like them? (laughs) You could hear hear the self awareness halfway through that sentence, too, where he's like, oh, wait a minute. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. Oh, shit, Mike. So, a little later on in his career, I guess he did this interview. I don't know. I didn't really like pay attention to when these clips were from. I just thought they were really funny. Um, But I guess he's like reflecting on the early time in in his career, and uh, he has some some insight into like just his his thoughts um where he came from i do have i know an annoying gene it dates back to punk rock and a sort of almost dare i said covenant not contract with our audience um which is just just take whatever you have and just take it to as you know take it to as far as you can take it you don't worry about you know the filthy lucre you don't worry about where your kids are going on holidays or where you're going on holidays or where they're going to school or all these normal financial worries that are so burdensome for most people that's you're given you know that's what happens when you become you know famous and you know you know you start to get paid for what you would do for free mm-hmm. but the deal is the deal is you just, you better take it all the way and don't get lazy with it. Don't think that being at number one means that you're the best. Huh? <laughs> you honestly was, can I, can I, I check hard... the math on that? Hold on a second. <laughs> being number one, isn't that literally the best? Isn't that what number one means? The, all I was thinking the whole time that clip played was, Bono need a biddy. Does Bono need a biddy? <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? It's that punk rock nature, man. Yeah, he's just I, such I, a punk guy. You call me number two. I'm number one. Yeah. So, um, I, t- I took um, a second and I looked up some of his lyrics. Because, uh, you know, this is this guy's, like, passion and this is this guy's, like, this is the way he made all of his money, right? So he's got to be writing some good lyrics. So I put a little clip together. Um, it's like a little quote from him, and then uh, I had I had a like a AI voice read the lyrics, so you wouldn't be distracted by by music. 
you could really just absorb what he has to say in his his passion and his 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 art his uh yeah what he brings to the world creatively you see rock and roll if it's anything it's the sound of liberation political spiritual sexual is liberation dinosaur wonders why it still walks the earth yeah a meteor promises it's not gonna hurt yeah earthquakes always happen when you're in bed fred the house shakes maybe it was something i said ned go easy on me easy on me brother go easy on me easy on me brother when the lights go out and you throw yourself about in the darkness where you learn to see when the lights go out don't you ever doubt the light that we can really be statues fall democracy is jack we had it all and what we had is not coming back zach a big mouth says the people they don't want to be free for free the blackout is this an extinction event we see i can't pull it off It's really good shit, guys, isn't it? Isn't this just, I like, like great? I liked when he rhymed Ned with Ned. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> same. Hey. Yep. Pure pottery. Hey, Dr. Seuss. Dr. Seuss was a better rock and roll lyricist. <laughs> this is rock and roll. This is rock and roll. He, he's it's punk. a beautiful day. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I'm gonna I'm gonna wrap it up with this last clip. Um, he he's defining you two here and what what the band means for him um and uh here we go you two is either the 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 most honest and committed band out there or the most pretentious and both. you know self-righteous both no se- no not self-righteous there's definitely <laughs> any an hour in our company and you'll be definitely but but pretentious well yeah oh. grandiose sometimes for sure and also, yeah, also earnest and kind of, yeah, in, in, in still in pursuit of, you know, those, those early beliefs, you know, to be a man of the world, but not this one. What do you guys think? You like him? You're a big fan? Oh, I'm buying his albums right now. <laughs> well, you didn't have to buy the one. That's right. They just gave it to you. It was jammed into my ass uh, against my will. I think there's yep. a, fr- a term for that. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Starts with an arm. Rape it up. <laughs> Rape gang. Um, yeah, that'll, that'll do it for me. Just wanted to play those clips. Okay. Uh, so Ooh, you guys thought of. <laughs> I thought you were about to play another Bono clip. <laughs> no, I've got, I've, got, I've got more for later if. Uh, if the the crowd will no, allow me. Oh God! No, God, please, no, 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 okay. no! Okay. Uh, well, shit. Does that, that that means it's time to open the polls up? That is correct. This is William Shatner, and I would I like to know. invite you to take a journey with me into the 21st century. So take the next few minutes and listen very closely. You'll be amazed. At what you hear. Okay? okay? The polls are open over at booberry at mk.spook.social. We, we would have... uh, love it if you would uh, just like to take part in this brief survey. 
Uh, we also had uh, uh, 8,433 sets from Mix, boosting through Podcast Guru with no note. Ooh. And then on the last round, 2222 from Bully Steed saying, T-Swift, hashtag uh, globalist douchebag. Hell yeah, Bully Bully. Thank you. Dane Boosty Steed. I like what uh, Goofy calls him. Globalist. Goofy? Globalists. I can't say like his Britishism. He's better at it than me. Globalists. That's what. That's that's the new name. That's a mouthful. I seriously can't think of Bono without thinking of him having that old man's nipple in his mouth on South Park. Going from- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's accurate. Oh my gosh! Mm-hmm. All like the past couple of weeks, I'll be walking in the room and he'll be editing Bono lyrics, isolated Bono lyrics, and I just want to end it all. Time is a flat circle. <laughs> well, it is Sunday, bloody Sunday, and the phone lines are open eight six five four six five six two seven one. The original the industry. Of the first section was was not douche, but but yeah, now it's all kind of it's just melting douche. into a big douche bag. <laughs> Are you anti-abortion? Our delegation is duly bound to count ten Because I'm Uncle Abortion. How about I knock you up and we get rid of the dang thing? <laughs> Lena Dunham versus Bono. Give us a call. 865-465-6271. Let's open it up. Phone calls. Phone phone call operators. Are standing by. Let's go, let's go, let's go. We are also at the three-minute mark. I don't want to take calls. <laughs> That's retarded. I go to your phone calls after I play these clips. I appreciate everybody calling in today. I just start getting so pissed at these people. <laughs> Yay, me! <laughs> uh, me. Follow at boobery at mk.spook.social. This is a tough one. It's uh, it's even sticks in terms of douchebaggery. Two minutes and twenty-two <sighs> seconds left. Fully loaded. Fully loaded douche. Ooh, I could go for some fully loaded nachos. Mm. Douche nachos. Yes, he believed he was drugged and then raped by Taylor Swift. That's a wet dream, Doctor Wood. You you understand that, right? She's the boss, and you're the slave. Deal, yeah. idiot. She's a real woman. And she's better than you. Because she gets paid more to do less. I know that. <laughs> it's true. Uh, Based on a true story. I don't know. I don't know what to do. You gotta do something. Are you I stumped? Know. You gotta do something. Uh, I'm, I'm just pulling I, the trigger. I'm doing it. I know who I'd vote for. Piss. Hey man, the women that the women that be hey man, the women that the women that come to these things, <laughs> man, they horny as fuck. That <laughs> pussy got me screaming, wow. crying, pissing, shitting, oh. shooting ropes. <laughs> shout, shout out to shooting Nam ropes. who uh, shout out to Nam who posted, I think perhaps the most misogynistic possible bracket prediction for today. <laughs> Wait, oh, what, was it all just? <laughs> Where is it? I didn't yeah, see it. Yeah, it's like three women out of four in the second round, and then from there on, all women. 
Oh, well, there you go. You're beautiful, but you're not going to be president. Women really are bigger douchebags, but we don't get uh, credit for it because of our tone and uh, whatever. Because of misogyny, really. Totally yeah. Bad. Uh, we have representation. You, you have the same amount of douche, but only get 73% of the, you know, actual douchebaggery recognition. Right. That a man would. you got to be a real big douche. I mean, Joy Behar did make it to in season one. Right, She was second place in the, the, the complete total final behind Bill Gates. So women sometimes make it far, but usually not. <laughs> 15 seconds on the clock, people. Oh, snap. Final results. <gasps> Survey says. Wow. With a shocker. 35 people coming in and voting over at spook, mk.spook.social. We have Lena Dunham with 21 votes winning this round. Damn. Beautiful trophy. Douchebag. All right. Nice. Man. I'm actually kind of surprised. Well, I'm not that I'm surprised. I'm very surprised. That fucking sucks. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> that was a hard but, choice. Uh, yeah. But yeah, so play out clue for Bono then. We got on OB Diddy. All right. Uh, <laughs> I picked up this uh, this clip. Uh, it's a couple other douchebags no, talking about God, please, this douchebag. No. <laughs> I read that you said you were irritated by Bono from U2. And irritated? I am, yeah. I'd like to, I, I would like to see his life shortened. Right. <laughs> <laughs> him irritating too but i'm not sure exactly why because, because he's okay in his band he has the weakest rhythm section ever known in a multi-platinum band the drummer can't drum the bass player can't play the guitar player has one riff right the singer is this utter buffoon who should be in a bar swaggering just crooning and the new album that which you leave behind is the most tired uh, adult-oriented crap I've ever heard since the last Sting record, and it's, just, it's utterly pap. Right. And when you have to write a song like "When I Look at the World," it says, "Hello, I have nothing left to say." So, so do you despise a guy like that more than, let's say, like an In Sync or Britney Spears? At least they're upfront with what well, they are. I got no problem with Britney Spears or In Sync, really, just because that kind of stuff has always been around, it's and pop they're not, music. and they're not calling it anything more than just some fun. That's why I didn't mind the Spice Girls; they're just fun. Right. But Bond thinks he's changing the world with his music. He thinks he's Bob Dylan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Damn. That said it all right there. Loser! You stupid loser! You stinky loser! <laughs> uh. Smells like loser uh. in here. Goodness. That was, a, that was a goddamn good douche down, everybody. You yourself admitted yourself that you suck. <laughs> well, that, Next. Uh, that, that brings us to the last round, of, or the last bracket of round one. Uh, I should have mentioned this to you guys before the show, but uh, if, if you can keep track of any clips that didn't get played from your sets and send them to me, I'll put all those in post at the end of every douche battle in the post-production. Got it. You got it. So everybody can hear what hear what they missed. Uh, well, shit. Let's uh, let's get this last matchup going. Our last matchup, round one. 
And we got Joe Rogan going toe-to-toe with Oprah. And thanks to, uh, thanks to Gal, we got the coin toss, and it's going to be Oprah coming up first. Challengers approach. All right, Oprah Winfrey, I choose you. Let's go. She needs no intro. It's Oprah. If you don't know who Oprah is, I can't help you. Um, <laughs> so let's just get started with a short one of Oprah interviewing everybody's favorite, Big Mike. Oh, sorry. So, yes, I believe in service. I believe in helping people. I want people to feel fulfilled and empowered in their life. But still some days I think it's just cool to be me. And I think that too. Some days it's just cool to be Oprah. So, um, I feel like Oprah gets this uh, reputation that she's a really giving and kind person, but she's really just always gassing herself up and is surrounded by equally insane women who want to gas her up. Um, She's a very big fan of herself and. not so much of the millions of little peasant people who practically worship her every word. This next clip is Oprah interacting with an audience member who looks a lot like her. So check out the sweet words of wisdom Oprah has for this super fan. Girl, you gotta curl your hair. That's a joke. Is that the joke? That's... We do look a lot alike. That's very... See the monitor? See? Good. Okay. You oh, need yeah, cur- yeah, okay, yeah. Curly yeah. hair. Yeah. <laughs> yes, you do. Okay. Yeah. Okay, I see it. Yes, she keeps saying it. She just can't stop saying curl, you? curl your hair. 52. 52. Yes. Okay, you got to curl your hair. <laughs> Next time. You got, you got to curl your hair because... Uh, because the curly is uh, the curly is the way to go these days. I thought you were going back, huh? Ugh. I thought you were going back. I, was- <laughs> I go back some days. It depends upon what I'm wearing. Like I probably should have worn it straight today because when you have other stuff around, it uh, the curly is not as good. But Quincy Jones called me. Quincy, my dear friend, <laughs> called me the other night and he goes, "I got one thing to say to you, baby. Keep it curly." <laughs> Oh my god and the name drops watch all the time drop. she's uh, watch me name that's drop. that's her job is just name dropping certain people i i almost brought clips of her just saying one time maya angelo gave me the greatest advice of all because there's dozens and dozens of clips of her saying the best advice that maya angelo has ever given her <laughs> i was gonna um, i was gonna ask if she is she the wealthiest competitor the wealthiest douche today but maybe taylor swift has her beat huh mm, that's a that's a tough question uh that's I, a really I nice mean, question that's a great question <laughs> i think i mean t- is tay tay a billionaire now she's got yeah. oh yeah 1.1 bill okay oprah has more money uh a billion in the bank a buying up a lot bank. of land with her her billions lately but we won't get into that now um l- let's see how so we see how she treats um audience members let's see how she treats female staff on her show everybody knows that nothing gets you going more than to laugh when you're not supposed to one time it happened to me during a commercial break i haven't seen this before i show you the clip though you should know the background um it began when katie davis who is one of our producers got hair extensions (laughs) 
<laughs> no, really, to make her hair thicker and longer. Now, she got a weave on one of our makeover shows, and this was Katie before and after. But a couple of months went by, and her weave had grown out. But she didn't know that you're supposed to take the weave out. It was still just growing out. So what you're looking at now is the day I caught a glimpse of her walking. She's also talking about a white woman who's probably never worn a weave in her life. So I grabbed the stupid bitch by a nasty ass weave. Somebody has to tell her. That's when I started and just could not get myself together to start the next segment. Take a look. Here it is. Dude, this is some shit that only women would find funny, I'll tell you that. Yeah, because women, like, she treats women like shit, and they love it. They eat it up. I can't help laughing at Katie's hair. Girls laugh at other women's, uh, girls laugh at other girls' fashion mishaps in the same way that guys laugh at guys, like, getting hit in the nuts or getting wedgies. Yeah, yeah, but, like, if a guy was doing this, he would have to go to prison immediately. Immediately arrested. Um, Okay, let's just give me three seconds. (laughs) Serious, think of serious things. Serious. Wow. Is that funny? I gotta stop myself. Excuse me, audience. Oh my um, god, she's really going the distance with it. Yeah. So, I mean, I get that she's in entertainment and being a big cackling douche is entertaining, but she acts like she's the superhero of a woman when she's mostly boosting her own ego um, and just really being, I mean, really just being a grifter. More than Gotta give her else. the benefit of the doubt, too. I mean, maybe she had just uh, boofed a bunch of adrenochrome right before she came out <laughs> during the commercial break, and that's why she was all getting Is that what you do with it? Oh, that's <laughs> true. I need to be an ally. Once you hit a, that what, is, billionaire mark, then yes. Is that like a mental health problem? I'm making fun of... Okay, well... Yeah. Either way, so... <laughs> she, she's always surrounded by women that are really impressed with her. And that's kind of why I'm going to be playing this next clip with her. She's talking to Reese Witherspoon and Mindy Kaling. They've been, uh, they were in A Wrinkle in Time together and were on tour, you know, doing interviews. And most of the interviews just starred Oprah, of course. Yep. I don't want you to change a thing. We just want you to be yourself. So he gave me permission. At the time, there was this giant of a talk show host named Phil Donahue. Mm-hmm. And he was like the king of talk. And I, he said, we know you can't beat Phil Donahue. We just want you to be yourself. And the first day I was on the air, I beat Phil Donahue. Wow. Hello. Uh, uh. <laughs> you know why that happened? Because he gave me permission to, to be, be myself. Yeah. Because I wasn't trying to beat Phil Donahue. Yeah. What I a just, relief. What a relief. And so that what changed such- my career. Mm, Profound. once and saying, we just want you to be yourself. Wow. Isn't that amazing? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I really just like that last one for how fake impressed uh, Mindy Kaling and Reese were. Like I said, they were touring together and all, all the interviews that I could find, Reese was fighting for more airtime from Oprah, but Oprah would just loudly make fun of Reese and pivot the conversation <laughs> and make it about herself <laughs> while Mindy silently stared at the ground looking like she was about to blow her brains out. So. That actually kind of makes me like Oprah more here in the <laughs> 
I'll be honest. Because like, fuck those two. Fuck, fuck Mindy. Kaling. Mindy Kaling should be a douchebag on here. She's yeah, but smart. think think about it. Like That's she's on top. Like she's the queen of them. Like they're studying her. It's punching down. Queen yeah. of mean. Queen of mean. Yes, they want to. They want to take that spot. So okay, it's time to touch on more important topics. The following clip is from her Apple TV show. Oprah talks COVID nineteen. Oh it has a two point seven on IMDb. Especially is, is is the need for more testing stations. Obviously, but most importantly, I think it's testing, important testing, for African American we to understand for ourselves that this is so serious. It's mm-hmm. taking us out. So is there anything that can be done, Oprah, from, from this point on? I mean, you're pleading. It sounds like you're trying to educate. You want people to well, know what's going on. But certainly, we certainly understand that the responsibilities and dynamics of some people's lives, particularly African-American and brown people, mm-hmm. do not allow you to be able to stay at home. And so, therefore, they need masks. You need masks mm-hmm. in these grocery stores. All these people, all these grocery store workers who are out there without the mask, that is, at this point, that is, that should not be. For now, everybody needs to look out for themselves and for their neighbors. Um, so I, I want to, like, let everyone know that a few, I think it was a year before the, she did this COVID series, she did a bit with Ellen um, where they went to a grocery store together and both of them were just laughing and laughing about how uh, they, it's been years since they've been to been to a grocery store. So I just love especially her in that clip uh, shaming grocery store workers, but she stops herself. She's really good at stopping herself um, from saying like, that, that it's it's evil they shouldn't do that um she's she's skilled at that so i'll give her that yeah like how bono's skilled at stopping himself from saying that he doesn't know how to do rock and roll mm-hmm. and, and that's the hardest part with oprah is she it, a, a lot of the stuff that she says that's crappy um gets swiped from the internet there's so many things that i was trying to add on here and i just i just couldn't find it so um, I don't think we need the the last clip that I have here, so I think I'm just gonna I'm gonna leave it there. All right. Well, then that brings us to our last douche of round one, Joe Mafaro. All right. So you guys might have heard this guy. Um, he does a. <laughs> He does a little uh, podcast thing. What, what the means podcast? Um, you know, I was under the impression, and I heard this guy started his podcast on uh, YouTube. Um, Just and now TV. he's um, <laughs> now he's uh, now he's doing it on uh, another large platform. I'd like to see this guy's RSS feed personally, just to like you know <laughs> preach to the choir a little bit here. Um, I don't think he but, has um, one. Yeah, 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 yeah. He definitely um, did at one point. So, oh, yeah, but Spotify had but, to take uh, that crap. Not any yeah. longer. Are we sorry? Yeah. We, I mean, that undisclosed uh, thing. Swat, Swatify. Yeah. He's Damn. <laughs> so, if before... You- before he was so successful in the, uh, well, actually, before he really built the podcasting industry into what it is, because so many people want to copy off of what he's doing, um, he was a 
I don't know. I guess you could call him a comedian. Um, and he, he really, um, I found this clip where he's, he's wondering about comedy movies. So I'm going to, it's like, what was the last good comedy movie that was released? It's like wokeness killed the comedy. Has he not seen Lady Ballers? Do woke people (laughs) make comedy? Is there, is there a woke comedy movie? Is there even an attempt at a politically correct comedy movie? Right. If you have a movie, like here's here's an example of like American Psycho. American Psycho, you could do that movie today Mm -hmm. and it wouldn't be. Does he think American Psycho is a comedy? That's what it sounds. That's what it sounded like. I mean, there's some pretty funny uh, gifs you can pull from that. Oh yeah, there's some pretty <laughs> funny shit. But I don't yeah. know that overall the tone is comedy. I, I but... wouldn't describe it as such. No. You like so... your voice on the news? be uh, an endorsement of a person who's a serial killer. Right. It would just be a film about a serial killer. About a psycho. But there's a weird thing that happens when you're making fun of something. Mm-hmm. When you're making fun of something, somehow or another, it's like supposedly an endorsement right. of whatever that activity is, even right. if it's like completely unacceptable. I don't what know. matters is, if you did make that movie, the backlash Sorry. would be absolutely mm-hmm. real. So I'm surprised that in there he didn't mention uh, his good friend uh, Burt Kreischer's movie, uh, The Machine, um, that came out pretty recently. Maybe that clip was before then. Which um, which Burt famously, to get the numbers up, kind of like Neil Diamond pays for his own albums, Burt kept going mm-hmm. to that movie by himself <laughs> over and over to try to get the numbers up. And they make him buy two seats when he goes, so... <laughs> thank, thank God Joe Rogan brought him in. Holy crap. Um, so it's actually funny that you asked about, um, the, uh, that Jeremy boring movie, because, uh, my, in my, my next, uh, clip here, um, we get a little taste of the guy. You don't see a lot of really hardcore comedy movies anymore. They don't make them anymore. I don't understand why you can't make that. Like, I I don't know what happened. You could, but you would have to have the right people with the right amount of balls. And I bet it would be hugely successful. You know what would have to happen? You would have to do one on like a right wing streaming platform like the Daily Wire. (laughs) Wait a second. Is he talking about? Let's just drink this in for like a split (laughs) second here. Is he talking about? Okay, I think, I think, uh... Oh People God. send you that. What Joe Rogan mentioned the Daily Wire, you know, they send it to you. But it really struck me. And I thought this this is kind of a, a challenge and a responsibility. If it is true that only the Daily Wire could do this, then it stands to reason that the Daily Wire must do it. Lady Ballers. Streaming hey! on Daily Wire. There it is. <laughs> so it's fucking Joe Rogan is responsible for that horrendous piece of shit movie? Oh my God. What a Seems revelation. Such, doesn't it? That does, you, know. you, made it, you made a compelling case there. He planted the seeds. Oh, God. <laughs> so there's, and, and not only is Joe Rogan indirectly responsible for Lady Ballers, but he's directly responsible for making Burt Kreischer a world-famous comedian, which is unforgivable. Thank God. Um, sitting around the studio going, back in my day, movies was funny. Yep. Um, so it's pretty clear to me that, uh, Joe Rogan is trying to pivot himself from being kind of like this centrist, uh, figure that kind of has like, you know, democratic socialist kind of ideals to being, to getting in on the, uh, influservative grift that's going on. Um, and I think this clip is a pretty good example of him going in that direction. 
Well, you know, there's people that voted for Biden that are doing it now. They're, yeah. They're like, I, what did I do? Right. Like, what did I choose? Like, I, how is this guy? He's saying some of the stuff he says it just makes no sense at all. It's like you, you can't listen to those interviews and feel like you made a good decision. I, I don't know how did you Did you hear what he said like yesterday or a couple of days ago? He's talking about the Revolutionary War. He's like, one of the reasons why we lost the Revolutionary War, one of the problems with the Revolutionary War was they didn't have enough airports. Yeah. <laughs> Have you seen that? I saw that. <laughs> like, what that? The like, pull him. <laughs> it's if, crazy. If, if you were, if you had any other job and you were talking like that, yeah. they would go, hey, you're done. For the record. Is that I, fake? It's not fake, but he was referencing Trump saying that. Here's what Trump's saying in 2019. Oh. Donald Trump said something about that. He didn't say G Jesus. He said a stable genius, and that's where the... Oh. the it took over the airports. It did everything it had to do. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. So he fucked up. Yeah, he did. But I feel like <laughs> that's... It, you can yeah. tell, too, it sounds like a little different. He's like... You can tell he, like, messed up his words, but... Yeah. Yeah. He's, I don't know. Took over the airports. Well, that's the, thing about, that's the thing about media these days. It's like... Right. You, you gotta know. look into it. So, you know, they go from, like, being like, oh, God, Joe Biden's got to go if he said that. And then, like, start yucking it up as soon as it's, like, you know, Donnie saying it. Which, like, I got, you know, whatever. They say dumb shit. They all say dumb shit. Mm -hmm. It is what it is. But, like, this guy really has become part of the Overton window of acceptable thought and you know, speech in our society. And that's to me, very, a very douchey position to be in. Um, considering that this guy comes from saying stuff about, uh, feeling very, you know, politically homeless, which, uh, here's a, here's a clip of that. Right. No, I'm I am such a fucking homeless person when it yeah. comes to politics. All social programs like welfare and food stamps, all things, it's not all bad. And people think it's uh, it enables people to be lazy. It's not always the case. I think sometimes people get in a bad situation and as a community, it's good to have a safety net. I'm very I'm very liberal in that way. I'm very liberal in terms of civil rights gay rights, women's rights, all those all those core issues that make a person a progressive. I'm very much in line with that. I also have a lot of guns. Yeah. I'm also a hunter. I'm very pro second amendment. I'm also very pro military, very pro police, very pro first responders, fire department. Um, you never hear me talking shit about the police or the military. It's oh. not my thing. I don't, I don't, so I'm in this weird, because that puts me in conservative yeah. land. I'm very conservative in that regard. I'm very conservative in that. Mm -hmm. So I'm in this weird b b both way world where I, I see people that are trying to enact programs to absolve people of Cops are fucking debt. awesome. Like, Fuck yeah, I'm in. <laughs> I see programs of people boot. trying to good. inner cities and, uh, and provide community support and provide uh, ways that you uh, enact programs that help people get out of bad situations, and I'm all in on those too. So I'm homeless. I'm politically homeless. Politically homeless. But I do own like five houses. Such a cool guy, man. Right? Um, scientists do science. <laughs> uh, where where am I at time wise? If I uh, if I can, am I doing on time? You are cresting yeah. over eight minutes. Okay, all right. I'm just gonna yeah. play, play this last one because um, uh, this will give you an idea what he thinks of uh, literal homeless people. 
and then uh, we're on the underpass, and there's porta potties, not one either, like four, like a deck of porta potties. Wow. And then someone has a car parked there on the sidewalk, like partly on the sidewalk, so they're like half blocking a lane, and then they have wow. like a, a canopy draped over their car, and they have just stacks of shit. And then next to it was a dresser. They had a dresser. Jesus. Gross. So they had their shoes and a shoe rack. There was a shoe Gross. rack. Like, this is where they live. That's just, really wild. Maybe you should just go and shoot the homeless people. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, nobody claims it. I mean, nobody does anything about violent crime in L.A. anymore. It's a fucking joke. Yeah. They're just letting people out. So wow. he talks about how he likes, like, you know, the government having, like, social <laughs> programs and, you know, uh, he's fine if, like, they, he he'll, he loves paying his taxes and he's got no problem with any of that. Um, but, you know, he can't take his earned hundreds of millions of dollars to help anybody do anything. It has to go through the government. Hey, when they start, obviously, when they start putting their shoes and shoe racks, their clothes and dressers, it's just too far, man. <laughs> yeah, well, and you could hear in that clip. I'm pretty sure that was Tom Segura. Uh, yes, he, yeah, you could hear Tom Segura's disgust because Tom Segura is way, even way more of an elitist prick than Rogan is. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I bet. Tom Segura. Tom Segura was like, oh, oh, god, Ugh. he's a Tate guy, isn't he? Tater top? Tom, Se- Tom Segura. Yeah, I think he had Tate on his show, didn't he? I mean, I'd be shocked. He's like, he did. Shoot, he's he so, did. Wow. did he really? I didn't know yep. that. Uh, but he's he's not a like Tate fan. I don't mm. think, right? Uh, <laughs> I don't Tate know. fans here. <laughs> I'll say that my I, the problem I have with uh, Rogan is the same problem I have with Tate and Stephen Crowder. It's not their ideas or what they say or what they stand for. It's that they're not funny. Yeah, I saw Rogan yeah. live in Nashville. Tony Hinchcliffe opened for him. Destroyed. Rogan came out. I th- I maybe chuckled a couple times. It was. It's, he's just not. He doesn't tickle my funny bone at all. Yeah, yeah, and that and that's a a big problem I got with. Uh, he really clogs up the you know the natural path of comedy. He'll bring people up by being on his show. Like even like I worry about this with uh, like actual funny guys like Shane Gillis and stuff. Like you know they didn't grow from grassroots. They were just given this like boost up and then people get disappointed really fast Mm. and you know they're not hardened by the blue collar nature of of comedy and i mean i personally like i love stand-up so it's like it kind of ruins that aspect of it for me yeah they're supposed to do that like five to ten years you live in your car before yeah you earn your chops yeah you you get used to it but that's uh that's my uh my Joe Rogan round right there. That was Rogan. nice. I was expecting uh Rogan to be a tough pick, but you really you really brought the douche. Yeah. It was, good. I, it, it was uh it was a tough mountain to climb. Let me you tell had you. me at Lady Ballers, I'll say that. <laughs> <laughs> that. That clip was found like last night. Like seriously, last night that Jeremy Boring clip was found, and, and I, I was like, "Wow, that really brings my first round all together." Yeah, especially yeah. for for the you know the small group we got. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, uh, if we're ready, we'll we'll post that poll, and I'll open these phone lines up. You, you are, are in a, a festival, festival of sex, sex and death. death. Fuck yeah! Polls uh, are live, people. <laughs> <laughs> at Boobery at, at Boobery at mk.spook.social. Give him a follow. Vote on the poll, please. I don't know who created. 
Pokemon oh, Go. Shit. God damn it. Uh, I'm trying, trying to figure, figure, out, figure out how, how we get, get them to have, have Pokemon, Pokemon Go to the polls. Yay. Cue the meme with the lady with a bunch of math in the background. Pokemon, Pokemon Go. What? Let's just keep playing it in a loop. That's my move. But I'm, I'm trying, trying to figure out how we get them, them to have Pokemon go, go to the polls. polls. All right, let's get those polls, people, and fucking call up. Well, I've never had this few. We've never had this few phone calls on a D bag battle. You know why? Because I'm here. Four, four, six, four. <laughs> I can't call, dog. I could, but you know. You're here. Phoenix and Phone Boy aren't here. Our usual callers are all tied up. Oh. Where's, where's, where's Net Net? He's watching He's the Lions game. game. He's voting on the go. 865-465-6271. I actually Pokemon went to the polls. I'm going to fucking call in myself. <laughs> you should. All right, fuck it. Tell us who you're voting for. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's see what this number is. Eight, six, five. <laughs> see, it's difficult. Now First time in history. Now you feel Come how on. it feels. You get nervous. You got to, like, run to nice. a different floor in your house. <gasps> Someone's calling. Hello? Let's go. Hello? Let's go. Hey, I'm voting for... Uh, uh, I think I'm going to vote for Joe Rogan. Joe Rogan. That lady post. Base. Oh, that's pretty crazy. Okay, I can't do this. This is tripping out. Hang up on this guy. He's a moron. There we go. That was crazy. That was good. It was going off the rails. <laughs> <laughs> I can't pull it off. Little Sir Seatception there. That was, that was incredible. You made Incringible. podcast history. Yet again. If I'm the wow. first person to have ever done that. That's <laughs> not, <laughs> a, that's, a, that's, that'd be shocking. And, and, and somehow also even more embarrassing. Who would ever, who would ever think ever. this? You know, shocking, will, shocking yourself on the show. Open the door or I'm going to throw rocks through your windows, you dumb whore. <laughs> I want to hear somebody hey, call into their own show but act like they're, it's not them. Yeah, maybe Michelle Obama like, might be a man. I don't know. No, it's just me calling again. Jesus uh, Christ. Hello, caller, you're on the air. <laughs> hello, caller, you're on the air. Battle oh. In the battle between Oprah and Bropa, Bropa? They're Bro-pa. both terrible assholes, but uh, Oprah knows exactly what she's doing. Joe Rogan's just a dumb monkey. That's oh, right. well, wow. I guess he's, wow. I guess um, I guess if Ooh. you're going to call one of these two douchebags a monkey, that's the one to pick. <laughs> yes. Wow. Yeah, you almost you, uh, the test. you almost fucked yourself pretty hard there, caller. But you're not well. racist, but <laughs> absolute finesse. Good work. Have you have you heard that clip of Joe Rogan talking about seeing the movie Planet of the Apes in a movie theater? No. Alex Jones played. I know it. I've heard it. Alex Jones played it on his show. Right. When that uh, one, you should have brought that one to the table. <laughs> I, it, it's it, Alex Jones brought it when him and Rogan were beefing and played it on that Infowars. But it's Alex Jones describing going to see Planet of, of the Apes, and he's like, "We went to go see Planet of the Apes in this like movie theater in the ghetto, and we walked into Planet of the Apes like it was a jungle." And he's talking oh, about being yeah. in a movie with a movie theater with black people. And you're like, okay. I mean, I guess he was he was high and it was a long time ago, but it's still like. I mean, even, even for me, that's a bit much there. I don't know. It sounds kind of yeah, funny. There's certain things you can't say when you got that big of a personality. Uh, so. Uh, so you're so you're, uh, that one. you're voting. You're you voted Oprah then, caller. Oprah, 
She know, like I said, she knows more of what she's doing. She's got more of those Illuminati powers. She's a total douche. Now, yes. isn't it a rule that uh, uh, douchery trumps super villainy? Ooh. Mm. Mm-hmm. Uh, no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> See, no. I, didn't, I didn't even bring her real super no. villainy into the, any of my rounds. You're though. right. They were all strictly douchey clips. You, you're correct. I was that. going to, but I, <laughs> yeah. I kept them aside. Kept them aside. Good. We yeah. are 20 seconds out, douche. people. And and yeah. Rogan's Rogan's just dumb. So all right. <laughs> In the morning, all. In the morning. Thank you, caller. We hey, love thanks you. Thanks Big love. I believe that was uh, I believe that was Billy of Walk Through the Mind. Billy Bones. Billy Bones. Oh yeah. Very nice. Check it out. Walk uh, Through the Mind. Great show. Ten yes, seconds remaining. Oh God! Woo. We also had Woo. from NES. <laughs> All right, <laughs> skip to the end of the timer. <laughs> <laughs> threw, threw me, threw me uh, for a loop. Are you a fed? Uh, with thirty-three of the vote, I'm sorry, thirty-three votes coming in this time. We had Oprah taking away with twenty-two of those. There she goes. Wow. There was, oh, wow. I was goes. looking at the that wrong was... thing. I thought I thought Rogan was winning, and I was like, all right, I can be done with this bitch forever. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, there we go. <laughs> that's a big Oprah W there. Bitch Honestly, considering it was Rogan versus Oprah and considering uh, the general audience of this show and the stream, I think that was a pretty damn good showing yeah. from Rogan. I- yeah, I went, I went with Rogan. surprised. Yeah. I went with Rogan. I went with Rogan <laughs> yeah. too. Yeah. Just, I mean, the Lady Ballers thing was enough. Like, if <laughs> he, he's, point, like, he's he's worse were, than uh, Hitler in my mind now because of that. <laughs> the clips were playing to the back of the room. I guess they resonated with me too. Yeah. All right. Well, let's uh, let's send them off with uh, a fan favorite here. Um, another. I brought a. This time I actually brought somebody I liked um, to talk about Rogan, um, and here we go. I'm a, I think I think about um, Joe when I wake up. I think about him when I go to sleep. <laughs> Is that weird? People, yes. have, people have obsessions. I mean, what are you obsessed with? Something, right? You don't have to say what it is. I think about fucking Joe Rogan, not fucking him. Wow. I fucking think about Joe Rogan when I wake up. When I go to bed, when I'm doing my MMA training, when I'm drinking my $30 green juice, okay? The heat got me onto this. I spent um, probably $6,000 on cameos, uh, a lot of of which are unreleased with people trying to get famous people to name drop Joe Rogan because I want them to notice me. I will find him. (laughs) No, I just uh, just think he's cool. He's like everything I want to be. I will drink his blood. I'm going to drink. I'll get in. Joe Rogan. You cannot hide. You cannot hide from Sam Joe Rogan. A son Baker. I'm I coming to kill you. Yeah. <laughs> no, in real life. <laughs> I'm going to wear your skin. Yeah. That's great. Killer. Yeah, you can't go wrong with a Sam Cliff. That's been one of my go tos since. It was since the first kickoff of the first ever douche battle. Sam Clips always, anytime you can find Sam Hyde talking about anybody, got included. Yeah, he's the best. All right. Um, that brings us to round two. Round two. Choose your fighter. Uh, it's going to be David Cross versus Taylor Swift. Oh, and boy. according to Gal, it's going to be Taylor Swift up first. 
Oh, all righty then. Well, you know, when you're the big guy in town, I think it's pretty lame when you punch down. Kind of makes you a douchebag. And I caught Taylor talking to her staff members and bandmates like this. Call for band and dancers to the stage. The curtain's going to come down and lock you out in about five seconds. Nice warning, huh? If you got five seconds, you're about to get knocked out by the curtain. And she also was making fun of her sleepy backup singer one day on tour. You know, it's not my fault that I'm a seasoned pro at jet lag. I'm sorry that you're a rookie. Yeah, she also thinks that it's quite funny. She sucks at driving. And uh, I just hope that no one, Darren O, looking at you, gets in the car with her ever because of this. (laughs) Well, I got my permit last year after I went three times and failed the test, like, each time. Go, 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 go! Ha <laughs> I'm least skilled at, like, all the rules of driving. Like, I can drive in a straight line, but I don't like stop signs at all. Oh, no. I don't know what I'm doing. Am I going over here? I think I'm going to go right here. Turn this right here. Was that added in? Okay, but I'm getting better. (laughs) It was a very close call, but I think those are Foley sounds they threw over it. Uh, (laughs) But I'm not sure. Like, she did have to swerve the car, and there was someone coming right at her. She was going right at someone. She's really into the rules of driving, literally the least important part of driving. Right. Yeah, she's read the book, but... uh, doesn't like to get in the car and drive and oof. really learn. Oof, oof. She also went on to a late night show and talked about getting into two accidents in one day. No, I turned, I went to go make a U-turn, but I didn't have enough space to make a U-turn, so I backed up a tiny little bit. Just like a little bit. And then just like... You, somebody hit you? you yeah, hit that's you. what that was. That was the first one. That Happened again. Yes. There were two accidents in that day. Whoa! All of a sudden, this car that was, like, made out of bits of five other cars, like... like, And then it hits the side of our car. It's like like that. This time, Brian's not, like, chill, calm down. He's like... You just saved my life with your defensive driving skills. And that didn't end up in the article, but he did say it. Yeah, she had a journalist in her car during those two accidents. (laughs) <laughs> I don't know if I believe the comment about her defensive driving. <laughs> but I did start noticing some spooky things about Taylor Swift, which I have documented here from her own lips. My lucky number is 13, and so I draw 13 on my hand with eyeliner or body paint every night before I get on stage because um, every time I see 13, it's a good thing. So I figure, why not kind of... Have it with me all the time. And I wonder... That's the most uh, unlucky number ever! (laughs) I just wonder why she doesn't get it tattooed if she needs to have it with her all the time, right? Or are we just uh, scribbling it on, letting it smudge during our lives? I don't know. Uh, But she also said this. I have never been more motivated by anything than I am by the sound of screaming people. That's God. my favorite sound in the world, and I can't even do anything. <laughs> oh, man, you would have loved, loved Sandy Hook. <laughs> exactly. The sound of screaming people could get this bitch to do anything. <laughs> just... I'm just kidding. We all know there wasn't anybody in that building. But, uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, okay, so 
If, is that is that like when you said spook? Is that is in government agent or just all around creep? Oh, just all around creepy, maybe lizardy, maybe agent, all of the things. Okay. Uh, here's her next spooky line. I wanted it to be like this little secret society gatherings and living rooms, and so I decided to have them in my houses. Her fans, the Swifties, but there's a secret society of them, you guys, the ones that are allowed in her houses. And on Fallon, she dropped this little tidbit. One of the things they like to make fun of me for is the kind of um, cryptic um, <laughs> yes. needing to plan things out. And yes. like, I think we've just stopped pretending it's accidental at this point. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She's cryptic. And I caught her during a live eating a bug. And What, uh, the, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> just uh, listen to her reaction to eating the bug. Delicious, you guys. Did she eat it on purpose or it just flew in her mouth? It flew in her mouth. It was an instinct. Her tongue snapped out. Mm -hmm. Uh (laughs) I think so. It was right as her new band member was getting acknowledgement, too. You know, she just had to steal a spotlight away. Slap that fly right into her mouth. And over here on bass. Oh, yum, a bug. Yummy, yummy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And uh, Taylor Swift, you know, she's a really well-adjusted lady uh so you guys know do you think about you know what am i gonna do in 20 30 years no because that puts me into what i call like um a panic spiral like i cannot do that (laughs) Uh cannot i can't i've never been able to do that why literally can't even it just freaks me out when i zoom out too far i freak out do i know where i'm gonna be or even want to be in 20 years absolutely not like not taking a single day for granted. So how far ahead do you look? Six months. That's Cause, just because I have to plan shows and stuff. Yeah. Whoa. She doubles down on this in another interview. <laughs> Something I will not be doing in 10 years. I'll be 36. I really hope that I'm not stressed about the idea of approaching 40. I hope that aging is not something that really freaks me out. Sounds like she already is I, pretty stressed. Too late. I would... S- I'm not a I don't work for National Geographic or Discovery Channel or anything, but I would say that most reptiles probably don't schedule anything beyond six months out mm. in the animal kingdom. Just a observation. <laughs> I think that's in a good observation. Kingdom. Just a part of being cold blooded, I guess. Is that the Yeah. Uh, she also has a total loser complex. I'll play two clips back to back here. What's one thing you still have from your childhood? My insecurities. <laughs> Why do you think you're the most followed person on Instagram? Because my cats are adorable. <laughs> Guys, <laughs> it's not the music. It. Yeah, well, I, I mean, she's not a musical genius. You know, she just writes for commercial success. So I guess she's self-aware, maybe. Uh, and she uh, can't handle losing. I got nominated for album of the year with Red. Going up to it, you know, everybody comes up to you and they're like, oh, you got this. You're going to win. You're going to win. And I wish they wouldn't do that. Because cause you don't know if you're going to win. And someone else could very well win. And someone else very well did. When they announced uh, the album of the year winner, it was like, and the album of the year goes to random access memories, Daft Punk. And they really dragged out the rap. And I was like, for, for a second there, I kind of thought we had it. And we didn't. <laughs> I 
remember <laughs> not going to after parties. I went home and I cried a little bit and I got in an outburger and ate a lot. You stupid <laughs> loser. You stinky loser. Lizards really talk this way. Yeah. Indie in and out burgers. <laughs> and uh, Random Eskis Memories was a damn good album, and I guarantee it was a lot better than whatever shit she was peddling. Absolutely. Um, but uh, her legal team is constantly punching down and hurting the little guys. Like the guy who taught her guitar when she was twelve, he's a computer repairman. Well, he created a website, I taught Taylorswift.com, and that was a huge mistake. He landed himself in a giant legal battle with her legal team, and now that website just redirects to a daily news article which kind of covers the whole thing. Um what, what was the complaint? That he didn't actually teach her? Oh, no. They just didn't want him telling his side of the story. They have to have this carefully crafted narration of who Taylor Swift is and how she got there. That's it's very And now weird. she's getting mad at everybody for deep faking her and AI doing stuff and AI porn. Now, I have Which, by the way, fuck this dumb cunt. Everybody listening right now, I, I want you to download deep fake technology and deep fake as much Taylor Swift porn as you can and publish it everywhere. Thank you. <laughs> That's not medical advice. Barbra no. Streisand effect. But yeah, Barbra Streisand effect. But is what's crazy is Taylor hasn't said anything about it herself. It's the Swifties. It's her army. And of course, oh, and then the White House coming out, just using her as the shining light pillar. Uh, man, in 2009, her legal team forced Etsy artists that had a line from her song on their merchandise to take down their art essentially, like, you know, ornaments and stuff. Uh, they took him to court and won an injunction against 16 artists. And then in 2015, uh, how am I doing on time? Uh, you are at, uh, actually, right at 10 minutes. Okay, let me just end it here. In 2015, she called out Apple Music for its streaming revenue model, only to flip it around, because, of course, they kowtowed to her and said, okay, we won't do the 90-day trial period before artists get paid. Uh, and then they funded her 1989 world tour. So it was all just a giant marketing ploy. Like everything she does. Douchebag. I rest my case. <laughs> That's good. Solid. <laughs> oh, and there's I'm more douchebaggery to come if you vote her into the next round. Hmm? And speaking on ads. You can't spell advertisements without semen between the tits. Until we meet again. <laughs> 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 oh, very nice. I gotta come. So I, I suppose that's uh, David's cue, huh? David Cross's cue. David Cross. Cue, 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 cue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, so we open with a little bit of uh, uh, total vaccination shaming um, insanity. And there was a reason for that. I need to balance out the 25 minutes on religion I got coming up later. Yeah. I'm uh, just kidding. I don't have 25 minutes of religion. But uh, as you might imagine, there are some other uh, typical partisan traps, let's say, that, uh, that David Cross, at, like many of this era, have fallen into and are stuck into. Uh, he's trying to set up a bit. In his 
comedy special here about how he follows this like Donald Trump voter regret. And I cut a lot out because another thing that makes David Cross a little bit douchey that you're not going to, I promise to spare you from like the full brunt of this, but he seems to like almost play dumb. Like he doesn't know what he's about to say to like fill time or something. Uh, His comedy sets seem a little shorter than most and they're shorter, but they're still filled with stuff like this. Yeah. There's a, uh, there's a Twitter, uh, Twitter thing, uh, Twitter site, whatever, uh, uh, whatever you call it, Twitter feed, right? Yeah, Twitter feed. I don't know. I'm not, I don't know. I'm not good at Twitter. Uh, that clip, that part, that stammering stumble, uh, uh, I don't know, uh, I don't know what Twitter is. I'm just kind of a doofus. goes on for like a couple of minutes while the audience is like either sitting around not knowing how to react or like trying to help him with words and like feeding him like, yeah, yeah, that's right. A Twitter feed. You're he's basically saying that he follows a Twitter account. He's trying to explain this to people. Let me just show you some fun stuff I found on Twitter. Uh, And he gets so wrapped up in that, that he talks about how he's bad at Twitter. And then he's also bad at the picture, funny word things. I don't know if you've heard of picture funny word things on the internet. There's a lot of them. Uh, but here's David Cross attempting to write a meme. I, I truly don't know how they do the, the fun, you know, the, the photo funnies bullshit, you know, where they take photos and they put the memes and stuff. I don't know how they, I don't know how that's done. I'm sure I'd like it more if I knew how to do that, you know, where there's like the picture of the ladies walking and the guys going, hello, and then, you know, the girls going, hey, you know, and then they put the funny words on them. You oh, know, my it's God. Like, I'm mustard. I'm a hot dog. I'm ketchup. You know, and like. Wow. Yeah. What prompted you to, to tweet that? If only uh, we had David Cross in there uh, f- fighting in the meme wars. Maybe the, maybe the tides would have turned a different direction, right? Like I've got a, a meme here <laughs> that I put in my stack and I've lost. Uh, but then he finally got the into it. man doesn't say it all. He finally got it out. He finally got into it. He finally got into what he was trying to set up. Uh, The premise of the joke is that he follows an account about uh, Trump vote regret. And uh, I think at one point, it's probably still up. No Agenda made that uh, site you can go for the full TDS list, right? The full things, like the whole list of the racist fight. Misogynist, fat, cheeseburger chugger, or whatever. Cheeto face. If you don't have access to that site, and I don't remember the URL, but I think David Cross has it fully covered in this particular comedy bit where he turns it into pretty much like a quasi-political rally. Starting to regret, yeah, that's right. I mean, I was fine in the beginning. I, 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 I can overlook, and I'm okay with the blatant racism and the crass sexism and the deranged narcissism and pandering to Nazis and supporting pedophiles and proudly bragging about being a sexual predator and uh, paying your mistress to have an abortion and openly cheating your employees and mocking the disabled and praising murderous dictators and the constant pathological lying, the petty vindictive cruelty, the staggering ineptitude... The unapologetic corruption, the nepotism, the mob ties, the calculated mendacity, ignorance as to how American government works, encouraging violence against those that question your authority, the theft of our tax dollars to pay off your mountain of debt and or go golfing. Did I mention the relentless lying? You're a liar. 
being a white nationalist, demonizing immigrants, the obvious disregard of the Bill of Rights, lying about whether Russia had hacked our election when you knew all along it had, then lying about lying Holy about shit. it, the collusion with our sworn enemy and the sworn enemy of democracy, your dereliction of duty, your treasonous activities, and I... And the I audience. Was with you when you cheated. <laughs> it's a rally now. It's a rally now. <laughs> I was I'm with you when you cheated. Uh, on your wife with that porn star, the one you compared favorably to your daughter. Uh, you cheated on your wife, not the wife you raped, but the current wife who had just given birth to your son. And of course, I was with you when we found out you cheated with the Playboy Playmate, the one you compared favorably to your daughter. Not, not with the wife you have now, but the second wife whose kid you ignore. And of course, I was with you, President Trump, when you, when you took the babies away. You took infants breastfeeding, literally breastfeeding from their mothers and fathers, the families who had made this uh, uh, arduous trek to come here and and seek asylum. They just wanted to seek asylum. And and you took them and you sent, deported the parents and you took them and separated them, sent the kids a hundred miles away in a, a disused Walmart in a, inside of a, a cage with armed guards uh, 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 pointing guns at them. And then, of course, uh, uh, and then uh, no, no, thus no. ensuring the private prison contractors, Core Civic and Geo Group, who donated heavily to you, can get paid their collective $4 billion in profit. As those toddlers sob and whimper in absolute terror, traumatized for life, of course I was with you with that. But this last omnibus spending bill is where I draw the line. Yeah, that's, that's a joke. The crowd's ah, comedy is home. Ah, ah. Yeah. I see a lot of triggering in the chat. I must apologize. Sorry you had to hear that. <clears throat> Uh, that's just a taste. He, that's just a taste. He, I tr- he could I, remember that whole convoluted, clunky monologue, but he couldn't remember what a tweet or a meme is called. Well, that's the big joke of it all: is that he could not. The first time you hear the audience really swell up and get into it is because he went over to a stool and picked up a piece of paper to continue reading the tirade. So he got about like the first four or five things rattled off, and then he grabs a piece of paper to read off of. Uh, and then he kind of gets back oh, into God. off the cuff from the heart type shit at the end. But then you heard him go, bat, but, but, bat, but, stammer, stammer. And he went back to the paper to read like the uh, one billion profit in the whatever fucking uh, prison company he cited or what. I don't know. I don't know exactly what he was talking about. But but that's the Can thing with David George Cross. Carlin read his rants off of a piece of paper on his HBO special. Also, it's a real black mark on uh, Bob Odenkirk's character that he's been remained friends with David Cross for all these decades. It's it, <laughs> and still doing it, the comedy with yeah. him. He created Tim and Eric, Bob Odenkirk, more or less. Yeah, yeah. yeah. This is the kind Another of uh, this is the kind of stuff you're going to get um, with David Cross. You're going to get uh, full TDS, full woke, no joke, and then uh, you're going to get the. He does weird name the Jew thing throughout his career too, which um, as I was looking for clips, it always kind of – I was like – you know, it didn't pass my smell test. It was kind of weird the way he did it. He always like turns it up to 12 and then um, it's always like a backhanded sarcastic thing. So I'll end with an example of that uh, right here. As prisoner number 187-659-3210 – was being led to the delousing showers, she began to reflect upon her first eight days at Auschwitz after having been rounded up from her home and her 
all her property and possessions destroyed or looted as her once friendly neighbors Help. jeered at and spit on her and her children Help. as they were pistol whipped <laughs> and sent into the train cars along with other Jews and gay people and the disabled, et cetera, et cetera. And upon arrival at the camp, watched helplessly as her children were taken from her and marched into the woods just beyond the barbed wire and the guard towers, a sound of gunshots and screams punctuating the barking orders. He's painting a picture Nazi here. Soldiers as she was taken. Why they have an orchestra though? And her arm tattooed, enduring vicious experiments and slow starvation. And as she was shoved back into the line for the delousing shower, Said as a it began to occur to her that perhaps these weren't showers after all, and that. <laughs> This might be nothing that she would ever return from. And as the doors were sealed shut and the Zyklon B gas dispensed and she watched (laughs) everyone futilely clawed at the door and the window until they all succumbed one by one, what were her final thoughts? God damn it, I'm covered in goo! This is very much like that time the government required me to get vaccinated against the Spanish flu. There you go. It's the same thing. It's really very, it's very similar. It's a, it's a similar scenario. Um, some would say the exact same thing. It's the exact same thing. I, I see where you're going with this. Uh, just like a Jew. There you go. There you go. That's round two. Uh, the prosecution rests. Oh, my goodness. There we go. We got Taylor Swift coming against David Cross. Five minutes. The polls are open. Booberry at mk.spook.social. Get it in there. I'm a little Pokemon nauseous created. now. Pokemon Go. Like I'm sick to my stomach after that. But See, I'm, I'm trying to figure, figure out how, how we, we get, get them, them to have Pokemon, Pokemon go, go to the polls. 865-465-6271. Taking your phone calls now. I don't know how you clipped some of that stuff. But I'm telling you, you I had to watch like 20 hours of David Cross material, and it made me a little more than Cross, let me say. <laughs> yeah, and is he just, did he, did he use that name change to his last name just to rub it in that his, uh, his camp killed Christ? Uh, or what? Yeah, What's I, with think, the, I think the statement was... Uh, okay, well, we did a good thing here. Yeah. Yeah. He's <laughs> uh, <laughs> <It's> so funny. <laughs> yeah. right. We're here. Ready to take your calls. 865-465-6271. Send healing Steve. vibes and energy and yeah. money and cash and water. Some good-ass energy. We're suffering. Bully Steed sent in 2222 through Podverse saying, Cult of Swifty, number 13. <coughs> Thank you, Bully. Either the market for crystal meth fell off a cliff or I just bought a bag of rat poison. If I, I may, a crystal uh, medical card. If I may drop one <laughs> important yeah. uh, lobbying point, though, I think that uh, in Tay's case, a lot of her decisions are made for her, but David Cross has kind of steered his own career in this direction piece by piece step yeah. by step and he's always made a big deal to uh put in his comedy sets the things that he truly believes and wants to uh <laughs> kind of 
influence people regarding. Yeah, but you know, Taylor is influencing the children. All the little girls out there. Oh, yeah. She's teaching Not them. like uh, the guy that was in Alvin and the Chipmunks and the Smurfs at all. <laughs> Every day she goes out there yeah. and teaches them that they're losers. Because she's a loser. Yeah, but she, she's, she's, Taylor Swift is not only influencing like all the young women in America, but he's also influencing Darren O'Neill. Exactly. And that affects us. Mm, that's true. <laughs> it's personal. That's a great point. That's retarded. <laughs> that might win me over. That is retarded. That, that, that legit might win me over. <laughs> I can't. For some reason, the poll's not showing up for me. Uh-oh. That's going to be a problem. Okay. That's going to be a problem. Let's see here. You can drop it again in the chat if you need. 30 votes so far. And I'm in. Oh, there we go. We are winding on down at two minutes and... A little bit of change remaining. Get those votes in, people. Vote. I don't know who created Pokemon Go. I'm trying to figure out how we get them to have Pokemon go to the polls. Was that a Canadian Hillary? I don't know what the. <laughs> I have a crystal meth medical card. Yo, if you're not allowed to joke <laughs> yeah. about the oh, Holocaust, no. you shouldn't right. be about uh, allowed to. Uh, joke with the Holocaust. That's a shape that, shift. That should just be, that's a, that's a shape shift. It's allowed. It's not right. Yeah. And that joke was pretty cobbled together. It was Anne Frankenstein together almost. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I'm going to keep that one. I, I see where you're going with this. Uh, just like a Jew. Ooh, it's a close one. I'm sorry. Was that too preachy? Uh, I can do so much better than that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> wow. This is getting really intense. The vote. I am. I. This might determine the uh, position that goes down later on. Will Net Ned's prediction be correct? <laughs> Come on, Net Ned. Wow. All right, it's time. 30 seconds. 30 seconds. Is that a is that a boost sound or a pole ending sound? It's just a heartbeat, heartbeat thriller. God. Reach for my neck. You'll get turned into an example. It's so close. It's so close. Oh, shit. Come on, somebody fucking vote. I truly believe that it's... A kid is never too young to learn about abortion. I, even when they're in the womb? Best time, according Five, to David Cross. Four, three, two, one. Final results. At the beginning of round two, we had 24 people coming in, and they had to say Taylor Swift is winning with 14 of those votes. Wow. No way. Exclamation point, exclamation point. <laughs> Wait, um, I, uh, you might want to refresh because I'm... Yeah, I see a different number. On mine, it says oh. Taylor got 21 votes and David Cross got 19. Oh, I, I'm it sorry. was very close. Oh, even closer. Oh, oh yeah. <clears throat> I thought it was going to be a clip off. God damn. Uh, 
I was really, I I was expecting Cross to go all the way. To I I thought when I found uh, all of that stuff, man, that he would. But now I kind of feeling more like, wow, what a waste of time that was. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you made us all suffer so much. So it was a waste. Yeah, you can hurt. I'm in a lot of pain now. I I hate David Cross even more. Whoa, whoa, whoa! No, 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 no! All right, let's. Yeah. Let's give Taylor the crown. Taylor Swift advances to the semifinal. That was the semifinal. I'm the king of the castle now. Amazing. Taylor Swift (laughs) makes it to the finals. All right. All right, play out clip for David Cross, maybe? Uh, Okay. Uh, (laughs) Let me say goodbye to David Cross uh, with... Um, let's see. I've got uh, why people have children, or we could go with uh, how he raises his own daughter. What do you think? I'll, I'll let you do a choose your own adventure, and then I'll have the other one, obviously, in the uh, end of the show. I'm leaning daughter? towards daughter. Yeah, daughter. Okay, here we go. Her one-year physical is coming up. We have to take her for a one-year physical, which every one of my friends with kids, which is a lot of them, you know, have all said the same thing. Uh, And I know if you have kids, you know what I'm about to say. Just like, oh, my God, it's so hard to watch them go through that. It's really difficult. It's awful, you know, because there's all these needles, because there's vaccinations. They have to draw blood. All this shit happens. Oh, my God, it's so terrible to watch them go through that. It's awful. And so what I've been doing uh, with that in mind Uh, what I've been doing is slowly introducing her to pain. Oh, my God. Yeah. But I'm having a clown do it, so it's fun, you know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he's referring to himself as the clown. That's just my guess. I don't know. He dresses Uh, up as a clown. We're all the clowns for listening to him. Sorry, yeah, to hear that. Oh, my gosh. Oh. I think we've got to do something about this clown. Yeah. He he goes on to uh, say that, you know, he, uh, anytime she's throwing a temper tantrum that he says, you know, you're the one that we let live, not like the others. I truly believe that it's. A kid is never too young to learn about abortion. Which is where that. uh, No reason not to tell him. No reason. That's where that drop comes from uh, that I should have during the voting. <laughs> so there you go, David Cross. What a guy. What a fucking absolute. Uh, See you, David hero. Cross. Uh, won't bye. Bye bye. Bye. Ah, loser. You stupid loser. You stinky loser. Yep. Well, <clears throat> that brings us to the second round of the semifinals, right? Round two semifinals. And I think this is the one where Mary Kate Ultra plays off against herself, if I'm not Ooh. mistaken. Is this correct? Oh, yes, yeah. a little me on me action coming right up. What we've all been yeah. imagining for so long. <laughs> and it's Lena Dunham versus Oprah. According to Gal, it's going to be Lena Dunham going up first. Wow. All right. Jeez. Okay. Um. All right. Let's let's get started here with that. Uh, oh wait. Lena. No. Does that. That means Nam's prediction was looking like it was correct, right? It's all women. His now. bracket yeah. is unbustable. Yeah, unbustable. So. Yeah. <laughs> kind of cool. It's not all dudes here. <laughs> he must have so he must have so many sock puppets on NAS and other places. Yeah, I wouldn't put it past. Them. That's what I'm thinking. Not as many as boobs has though. 
Hey, you know what? I, I, I uh, yeah. <laughs> yep, you got me. <laughs> Beautiful trophy. All right, folks. So uh, here we got uh, <laughs> Lena is is truly a feminist psycho. I'm going to let her clips do a lot more of the talking this round. Um, but before I get into the first one here, a, a little bit of backstory. I listened to her audiobook, which had several controversies um, that I'm not even going to bring to the table today because I think it has potential for a future Battle of the Douchebags. Um, but this clip, she is she's referencing what she calls platonic bed sharing. So she would just have guys come to her bed and um, they wouldn't have sex and they would just like cuddle, I guess, or whatever. She just did it to not be lonely. But in this, in this clip here, she's describing how she's upset with the platonic bed sharing, which was her idea and how it made her, very upset as a, as an empowered woman. So here we go. On Valentine's Day, I put on lace underwear and begged him to please, finally, have sex with me. The litany of excuses he presented in response was comic in its tragedy. <laughs> I want to get to know you. I don't have a condom. I'm scared because I just like you too much. He took an Ambien and fell asleep, arm over my side, and as I lay there, wide awake and itchy in my lingerie set, it occurred to me. This was humiliating, unsexy, and, worst sin of all, boring. <laughs> this wasn't comfort. This was paralysis. This was distance passing for connection. I was being desexualized in slow motion, becoming a teddy bear with breasts. I was a working woman. I deserve kisses. I deserve to be treated like a piece of meat, but also respected for my intellect. And I could afford a cab home. So I called one, and his sad dog with the Hebrew name watched me hop his fence and pace at the curbside until my taxi came. Oy vey. Whoa. Okay. Yeah. I, I'm, I don't, I don't, I've never taken Ambien. I don't take any sleeping aids or anything. But I'll tell you what, if I found myself in a bed with Lena Dunham, I'd take a whole goddamn bottle of Ambien as quick as I could. I best get to fucking... Yeah. <laughs> See, that's a common theme in her life. And if she were a guy, she would be on death row for rape. I swear to God, like she, she's the creepiest person. She's the creepiest. She had some dude. weird shit with her sister, right? Yeah, yep. thirty yep. got yep. straight to fucking. She, she did. I'll, I'll reference that a little bit. She, she pretty much calls herself uh, anything that like a predator would do. She did to her sister, who's I think six years younger than her, and like would pay her to kiss her and and all and weird mm. weird stuff. Um, a chihuahua yeah, she, can mate with a with a with a with a, with a bull mastiff. <laughs> <laughs> so she's just always preaching about how you know like she always stands on the side with with women and yes believe all women, but she's a, a major creep. So um, I I would like to compare that with her speech at this woman's event um yeah yeah we'll just it will surprise absolutely nobody in this room that i identify as a feminist in fact if it does surprise you i suggest you take a look around the room and make sure that you're not lost 
You know yeah. what Jesus is, right? I'm the looking around. I feel really lost. The association meeting is actually happening at a P.F. Chang's in New Jersey, and I hear it started already, so you should get moving. I always tell people, particularly angry internet commentators, that there is no such thing as a perfect feminist, <laughs> and I am no exception. Some phrases that have left my lips in the past. What a hoe. Hey, hooker. Sup, slut. Some songs I have lip synced to. Uh oh. Big Pimpin', It's Hard Out Here for a Pimp. Age 13, my best friend Emily and me screaming along to Sublime in her bedroom. Annie's 12 years old, two more she'll be a whore. Here's the tricky thing about language it lies about how powerful it is. When I used those words, I felt subversive, naughty, strong. I did not realize how these songs, these words, were not ways for me to reclaim my feminine power. In fact, they silenced and shamed the women they purported to describe, and they reduced them to objects, or worse, punchlines. They celebrated the exploiters, and they hid the exploited. So you can't sexualize her, but God forbid if you desexualize her. Yeah, you can't you can't win with this broad. Can you, um, can you fuck her halfway? Is that a thing? Just the tip? Is that I what mean, she's looking for? She has to rape you. That's the only <laughs> acceptable it's way. It's easier to it's easier to sexualize a platypus. I think. <laughs> <laughs> I, I said this to Delorean, but I, I I got to the point where I was listening to her so much. I swear to God, I could smell her breath. Oh, and it smells so bad! Like what's that smell? I can't. I, oh, have I you can't. Uh, have you guys heard the name of her uh, production company? No, Lena Dunham. Hillary Clinton, more like Hillary Clinton. Bitch got a pussy. I mean, she got a real pussy. You could stick loose change inside. Production. Yeah. Yeah, she says she's she's the biggest the Hillary name. fan in the world. That's uh that would be an appropriate name for her. So it's a long, yeah. long production company name. <laughs> so um yeah, she's a she's a wild uh, feminist gal, but I want to pivot here and show how she is as a dog mom because everybody likes uh, a good good dog moms out there. Let's see how she's doing. My most frequently recurring dream is one in which I suddenly remember I have a number of pets living in my home that I haven't tended to in years. Rabbits, hamsters, iguanas, stacked in dirty cages in my closet or beneath the bed. Terrified, I open the door and the light touches them for the first time in ages. Desperate, I dig through the clumped, wet wood chips. I'm afraid they're decomposing in there, but I find them still alive, thin and milky-eyed and filthy. Ugh. I know that I loved them once, that they had a better life before I got so distracted with work and myself and let them shrivel up and nearly die. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry, I tell them as I clean their cages and fill their bottles with fresh water. How can I make it up to you? A little ambient probably would help. Kind of warms my place where a soul was designed to go. It's the moment actress Lena Dunham introduced her two new dogs to Jimmy Fallon. These are no, no, no. my dogs. Um, this is Susan and this is Karen. But her 8 million social media followers did, had did Jimmy puke up fucking scotch and Xanax all over the place? She doesn't know Jimmy fucks dogs. He's more of like a Fallon <laughs> kind of guy. For nearly four years, Lammy had been a familiar presence on Lena's Twitter and Instagram. Sit down. Oh, I love you. Suddenly, he was gone. 
Now, the star of HBO's Girls is finally revealing that she had to put the pooch in a facility in Los Angeles that treats aggressive dogs. It's called Zen Dog. That Lammy suffered terrible abuse as a pup that made having him in a typical home environment dangerous. He was so aggressive, he once bit her on the behind, as seen in this image. Yeah, she showed a picture of her butt bleeding with, like, life. Lena Dunham adopted Lambie at this shelter in Brooklyn, New York, way back in 2013. Now, officials here are insisting there is no evidence that Lambie had been abused prior to the actress adopting him. In fact, they say Lambie had shown no signs of being aggressive to humans or other dogs. Oh, yeah, so she, she used this dog as a prop to get people to like her uh, on, on her set. And then um, it, it I dug into it and it seems pretty clear that that's kind of what the deal was. Um, and then she got two new dogs that she introduced on uh, Jimmy Fallon. Mm. So um, I, I just thought it was very revealing in her book when she was talking about having that dream about uh, not taking care of animals. But she's saying now, oh, I did everything that I could. I did everything that I could. But no, she just. She's just kind of a dick. And so I'd like to end this round with, um, we talked about her being a dog mom. Let's talk about her being a mom mom. Oh, no. <laughs> For as long as I can remember, I have wanted to be a mother. In early childhood, it was so extreme that I could often be found breastfeeding stuffed animals. <laughs> when my sister was born, family legend has it that I asked my mother if we could reverse roles. Okay. Let's tell her I'm her mother and you're her sister. She won't ever know. Now I can say that I still haven't had an abortion. Over time, my belief in many things has wavered. Marriage, the afterlife, Woody Allen, but never motherhood. It's for me. I just know it. Now I can say that I still haven't had an abortion. Sometimes I lie in bed next to my sleeping boyfriend and puff out my stomach, imagine that he is protecting me and I am protecting our child. Sometimes we talk about how exciting it would be if something happened accidentally, if we were faced with becoming parents without having to make the decision ourselves. Now I can say that I still haven't had an abortion. <laughs> I named that it in my head. sounds like a lie. Pulling them through the Gristides <laughs> when we all have colds, stopping by a picnic just for five minutes because he's really sleepy. Now I can say that I still haven't had an abortion. I wish I had. Oh my so god. She oh. she pissed a lot of people off on all sides by saying in her uh Women of the Hour podcast, which oh my god, don't look it up. It's painful. Yeah, but it's more than an hour, isn't it? Oh yeah. And uh she said that she wished she had an abortion, like it was just like this great thing that she wished she had. And then I was listening to her audiobook and she's just talking about how she always wanted to be a mother. Like she she's obsessed with motherhood, yet she yeah, she's uh trying to have an abortion. I can because understand it's a fun thing. like want, wanting uh wanting a hot mommy. <laughs> I mean, all you got to do is leave it in at the end. I get that. That makes sense to me. <laughs> yeah. So with that, I'm going to close this round with uh, Miss Dunham. Incredible. All right. Wow. That's good stuff. Uh, that brings us to Oprah. I fucking hate this movie. Okay. All right. I got to myself up. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> I did not expect this, guys. All right. 
Um, so we touched on her being a douche to regular people in the last round. Let's dive into how she treats celebrities in interviews. I've noticed that her tact is to listen to whatever it is that somebody is complaining about and do what they hate immediately after they mention it. This seems to be something that she's real good at. So, for example, if you state that you're sick of people bringing up your dead mom, she will respond with, so why are you sad about your dead mom? Here's a good example in an interview with Mary Kate and Ashley Olsen. That's Olsen, not Ultra, when they were 17 years old and going through serious eating disorders. Rumors recently surfaced has really upset you, right? Uh, you know, the one about eating. Yeah, you know, people are going to write what they want to write. I, we try not to read the good or the bad mm-hmm. because it just kind of comes with the territory. Mm-hmm. You know, either you're too fat, you're too skinny, and people are just going to write what they... they what size think. are you, by the way? You're not sure? Girls, and, oh, you know. that's so interesting. <laughs> <laughs> is so interesting i'm like obsessed with size and you're like i really don't know yeah she's kind of like really mocking him there and oh like like she brought it up because the she's she asked about oh like the problem with eating that you have she was saying eating disorders that was the main thing in the news at the time and again uh, say what you will about the olsen twins they were literally kids when she was interviewing them and uh it was it's just it's not really respectful to young girls so and that's a theme for oprah let's listen to a bit from this next interview with a very young and embarrassed cindy crawford and her agent well she was actually discovered by my partner jane stewart from elite here in chicago and entered into our look of the year contest where she was one of the finalists um and that's how we start our relationship. So did you have to groom her? Was she, she, did she always have this body? <laughs> this is unbelievable. <laughs> Stand up just a moment, because no one saw you come in standing up. Now, this is what I call a bod. <laughs> very good, very good. But I'm not, not, I don't weigh 100 pounds. I'll tell that lady on the phone that I do not weigh 100 pounds. You, what, are you about 5'9", 5'10"? 5'9", and I tried to stay around 120. Okay. So... I'm happy for you. (laughs) So did you have to do anything with her? Did she have to go through that training period or no? (laughs) Good God. I'm happy for you. (laughs) I just love how she she really treats women like fucking cattle. It's it's kind of, I don't want to... I'm I like this. I like this. Oprah's cool. Like she's uh, she's like uh, No, no, this is awesome. Oprah's based. I noticed a lot of a lot of stuff um, about about her. Well, well, keep in mind she says she's based, but she also was uh, promoting to get uh, or campaigning to get Obama elected, and. She's well, she, like <laughs> what, what she's doing with these women here, like the Olsen twins and and Cindy Crawford. It reminds me of uh, the, have you seen the father figure sketch with Sam Hyde? Um, I can't think it's of like, it off the top of my head. Here's what here's, he's talking to this little boy. And he's like, here's what you want to do, son. You want to plant you want to plant in 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 your woman. You want to plant a fat seed. You say, hey, you look great <laughs> yeah. today. Oh, that, yes, dre- yes. that dress is very <laughs> slimming on you. <laughs> they short circuit. <laughs> Please love me, please. Oh my God. Yes, what I love is her going, (laughs) like, I love her fucking laugh. You stand up, turn around. Her expressions. Walk away, walk back. Are are bulging. And so is Cindy. Like, they can't believe she's really good at throwing people for a loop. 
I, I, I I'm impressed with it. Of the three women left, I like Oprah the best, partially because I like women with big giant tits and big you know, asses. I, 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 watched, <laughs> I watched Oprah every day growing up and I realized a lot of her mannerisms, like her bitchy mannerisms, I saw my mom mimicking and myself mimicking. I think she's not a great influence on women. Seriously, she's Well and I'm pissed that she's made it further than Dr. Phil did, because those two are like buddies. Mm. Well, yeah, well, yes, yeah, she created Dr. Phil. Keep in mind. Um, we'll those, get to that later. Those if, fickle if, voters, if we do. Man. Those fickle um, voters. She created a lot of grifters. Um, so the next clip is is similar to doing what she did before, but um, we're we're gonna shift from women to black men, which she has a lot of she has a lot of beef with uh, successful African-American men. Uh, they feel like she's very spiteful. Uh, a lot of people feel like she won't have them on her show. She won't give them a fair platform. And this, um, keep in mind the time of it, uh, being gay was more of a deal back then. I'm I'm not really bringing this to the table to talk about gay rights, but she just is prodding a lot in this next clip. Okay, and, so... Um, that don't mean that I'm gay. Okay, that's bisexual. the next question coming no, up here. No, I'm not Are gay. You, you, you're not gay? No. Now, you did say earlier... That when you were a little boy, we're looking at that little picture of your little ear spread on there. That you were worried, <laughs> that you were worried about your own sense of your sense of sexuality growing up in the house with all females. It's, it's, I think I think that, that that's a true statement on my part because, you know, I, I was very scared to be around guys and boys, little boys, mm-hmm. and I didn't know how I would fit in because I was so shy and 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 to myself. So. But you are not gay. You're saying to me you are not gay. Oh, wow. And if you were gay, I believe you would tell me. I think so. I think so. He, he's he's not pleased with that. I love and that again, confidence. I wish could, yeah, she just goes straight through. So let's continue with her interrogating uh, the boule, really. Okay, and, so um, that don't mean that I'm gay. Oh, okay, shit, that's the next question coming no. up here. No, I'm not gay. Hold on one you, second. No. Now you did say earlier. Well, I mean, hearing her ta- ask him if he's little gay little is fitting because she asked like thirty worried, more times in that interview. Worried about your own sense of your sense of sexuality. I want to mimic that. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to ask you this, and it's embarrassing for me to ask you this, but I'm going to ask you anyway. Are you a virgin? (gasps) How could you? (laughs) (laughs) I just just want to know. I want to know. I'm a gentleman. Because we can get it done backstage right now. I'm a gentleman. So I'm a gentleman. So, okay. I've heard the stories Mm -hmm. of what happens, and I've seen these kinds of things play out in front of me. Okay. When, I saw when you say you heard the stories, what do you mean? What stories? I mean, you see it before. Look, Mariah Carey made a $100 million deal, and three months later, she's all of a sudden mysteriously crazy. Or Marlon no. Lawrence punches through, and he's waving a gun on the street, screaming, they're trying they're to trying kill to me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we hear those stories. Audience laughs. around the time in their career where it seems as though they're crossing over the next plateau. Yeah, yeah. Would you say you lost your mind, sort of? So he just keeps complaining about like how these people are are called crazy, and then she's like, "Yeah, I totally hear you, totally understand." So do you you think you lost your mind? She, I just love that she always throws that in people's faces. I mean, yeah, you're fucking Looney Tunes. Right? I think you uh, went a little crazy, or maybe you're gay. Are you gay? Uh, it would be, it, 
people dream about being interviewed by by Oprah, but I think it would be such a horrible time. Like, I don't think you realize how like how how shitty it would be. Um, (laughs) So I'm going to end it there um, for for that round on Oprah. Bravo. Bravo. All around today has been good. Everybody's been bringing the heat, I gotta say. Good, that's, good. That goes to uh, the phone lines, the poll. It's Booberry. Uh, uh, no, no, underscore this time. Just Booberry at mk.spook.social. And those polls are indeed live. I better win this round. <laughs> Oprah voices. Lena Dunham. Give us a call. 865-465-6271. Yeah, if, if, if Mary Kate Oprah doesn't win, then, uh, Pokemon it's rigged. Go. Yeah, we're going to riot. <laughs> but I'm trying to figure out how we get them to have Pokemon, Pokemon go to go the polls. That's a walking mate with a, with a, with a, with a, with a bull mastiff. You're Hello, Cole. You're on the air. It's Battle nice of Douchebags. Hello, Battle of Douchebags. Uh, yeah, so this Lena Dunham character, I don't know about her. I think, you know, Oprah's a bad... A bad egg. There's no doubt about it. But a bad bitch. This Lena Dunham. She's a you know. She, at least Oprah's done something. At least I know of Oprah. Mm. You know, uh, this Lena Dunham gal. She's going around. She's diddling people, and she's like, you know, wanting abortions, and then she's wanting to be a mother. It's like you know, who, who is this guy? I've <laughs> <laughs> been wondering that all month. Oh Oprah's got gosh. the O network. Yeah, Oprah's got the O network, and Lena Dunham has the U network. <laughs> yeah, we all know. Very good for her. It's the that long production company that you said. Yeah. Uh, you know, <laughs> we all know exactly what Oprah is. We know what Oprah is, and more importantly, we know what she is. I like how she negs women in their body image, though. That's pretty funny. Oh, yeah, she yeah. stepped on the heads of those little people. <laughs> yeah. uh, you know what would be another good douche to bring later on is Ellen DeGeneres. Or have we already done I don't think we've done Ellen. That's I don't know. I, don't think so. Ellen. I can't believe she hasn't been picked. She was in a lot of videos <laughs> being douchier. Uh, even. Yep. I, re- I liked the, when I was into the Q stuff. I liked believing that Ellen DeGeneres had an ankle bracelet on and she was suffering from adrenochrome withdrawals and couldn't leave her house. And then, like, that whole thing with her show getting, uh, it was just like a cover story for what was really going on. She did Wait, look like pretty fucking that? awful for a while <laughs> she, there. I mean, it, there was something in her pants that looked like an ankle bracelet, but it was probably a Fitbit or something. And she's probably like, her, well, I just wear it on my leg. Probably her second car. Is that an ankle bracelet in your pants or are you just uh, Ellen DeGeneres? <laughs> Ellen DeGeneres, more like it. Oh, what the fuck are you, a cop? That is rude. <laughs> you think her and Big Mike hang out? I do. Oh yeah, hang out with the Wangs out. Wait, who, oh, Ellen and Big Mike? Yeah, why not? Yeah, probably. Yeah, oh, I'm sure. Who pegs who? I don't know, but oh, Big Mike somebody. definitely pegs Ellen. They probably Ellen. ask each other uh, yeah. what size they are and shit. Ah, I, yeah. I was looking maybe for my Patriot J. John Legend. You know? Patriot J. Yeah, maybe <laughs> Michelle Obama like might be a man. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Uh, maybe. Possibly. You never. I'm not going to say no. I'm going to say never. Never say never. Filed under plausible. <laughs> Consider me filed. <laughs> 
Uh, so it's a. Uh, did you did you cast your vote then, caller? I casted my vote. My vote's with the the that pudgy thing, uh, not Oprah. <laughs> uh, so let's do that. I'm gonna go with that one, and that's my yeah. He done went with not the ham. Yeah, done ham. she's done. Put a oh. fork in that ham because okay. she's done. I still have no <laughs> idea what this means. <laughs> <laughs> All right, good luck. Oh, thank you, caller. Wonderful. That's Great, Ned. Ned. Oh, it's it cool that cool that Ned Ned could call in. That's awesome. Yeah, <laughs> Ned Ned and his lavish sounding voice. That NPR voice, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody's All right, what's, what's the Ooh, time? Here? boy. We need more we votes, are... people. Get those votes in. Vote or die, motherfucker. Vote or die. Come on, go. Vote or die, vote or die. But I'm oh. trying to figure out. But I'm trying to figure out how, how we, we get, get them, them to have Pokemon, Pokemon go, 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 go Yeah, he's a mega douche. See those polls over there? I'm sorry if it's your thing to to always quote Hillary, but I've been waiting to be on the show just to to quote her. Oh, do it. In Pokemon Go Go to the Polls. All right, here we go. No, do it with me. I don't know who created created Pokemon Pokemon Go. Go. I'm trying to figure out how we we get get them to have have Pokemon Pokemon Go to the Polls. Wow, fucking nailed it. I practiced. I I love it. <laughs> I'm out of time. Oh my god, it's so close. Okay, well we did a good thing. I'm not doing a clip off. Get <laughs> I ain't doing Wait, it. what's I the point got... of this show? Oh my god. Get those god dang votes in, people. Get them in, get them in, get them in, get them in these ladies. Other than these uh, ladies. Shove your toes. Shut the polls and the ladies. The <laughs> polls are shut. No oh, more votes. Shut. No oh, more shit, votes. Shit, 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 Oh, God, shit, it's, shit, the, it's fuck, my fuck, moment fuck. of truth. Oh, God damn it. Oh, shit, shit, shit. <gasps> Hang on. What? Shit. Oh, fuck. Oh, shit. Oh. shit my ass. Shit my ass. Shit my ass. Dot com. That is rude. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, that was close. Final results. Did I win? Survey says 41 votes this round. We got 20 going to Lena Dunham and Oprah with 21 of the votes. Whoa! Oh, so close. Ah, man, okay. You man, almost lost really to hoping, you, but you pulled it out. I was really hoping for a Dunham win there. I was really hoping because I wanted to play this song that's three minutes long, but I feel like I've been going on for so long that it'd be kind of rude. I have like a, a, would you be all right? I think it's the worst. My balls is so unfortunate. Great. All right. So this is her. You're going to regret saying that. Really? (laughs) It's my favorite song. We almost had a super sudden death. I know. That's great. Okay. Okay. So um, this is uh, her homage to Hillary Hilldog, who she's been a fan of since she was uh, six years old. And, and, and I'll let it speak for itself. Do you it's think called- she retconned that <laughs> for sure? I was, I was, I was, a, well, I was going to say maybe something bad happened with uh, Bill and Hillary to her when she was six. And it might be a case of Stockholm. Or something <laughs> or something. I think, it, I think, yeah, something. Uh, so this is a pantsuit anthem. Get ready, folks. Hi, hi, hi. I'm sorry about that. My periods are insane. It's so amazing to have my closest friends here at brunch. But as you know, with me, nothing is ever as it seems. So this is not like a simple brunch. I have been so shaken 
by this election. Mm -hmm. It has unveiled the darkest aspects of American culture and the racist, homophobic, ableist, and xenophobic rhetoric is making me ill. Mm -hmm. So what do you think I'm going to do with all this energy and all this rage? I mean... Use your writing. Volunteer. Use television. You have a television show. That's all a little bit basic. What I ultimately decided on was that the medium for me to express my anger was rapped music. No. No. Absolutely. Lena, no. No. Lena Dunham. Hey, hey, guys. It's MC Pantsuit. My hobby is rap music, but my passion, defending the nation's baddest grandmother. I'm talking Hillary, Rodham, Clinton. I get upset when people say that Hillary needs to smile. She's a strong as fucking person, couldn't even walk a mile. The heels of this woman had to fight her whole life, defending everything she does to the left and to the right. She's been a lawyer, first lady, senator, fucking mom. Fights for justice since the age of 15. <laughs> Trying to play this on homegrown hits. And now I'm going to take off my pantsuit to reveal a more sensual pantsuit. Because that's what you do for the candidate you love. Not really sure I understand the logic here. The rap is trash, and why are you wearing Hillary's lingerie? You've got to show your whole body everything that you have for the candidate you love. I'm not sure how appropriating Iggy Azalea's culture is going to help Hillary win, though. Dance with me, Cynthia. Take your pantsuit off and show us your sensual pantsuit, Cynthia. No, I'm good. I wonder if I'm actually hurting for chances of winning. Don't forget to vote November 8th. Whoa. That was trans. I was so annoying. Like, I was the last person my friends wanted to hear from for, like, 18 months because they knew it was either going to be, like, complaining about the election or asking them to do something. My God, are you still talking? <laughs> I, I just, I just... <laughs> <laughs> I just want to quick say, I think that's pretty douchey, but hey, whatever. If you got a body like that, I'd fucking tweet it out every day. <laughs> Sorry about no. my parents are uh, so amazing to have my closest friends here at brunch. But oh, go yeah. away, Lena! If right, you yeah. bring that to Homegrown Hits, yeah, I will leave. boost it with a stick of dynamite. Who's <laughs> gonna get the sats? Hillary? Lena? <laughs> it's not sats for that, it's splats. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. Lauren, what do you think? Uh, we could. Um, so Oprah won. Get self-hosted. Yeah. Mm. You really are friends with that monkey. Just by a minge hair. <laughs> a minge. By one vote. Uh, where's the day? I got too many ISOs. I'm sorry. There it is. Oprah Winfrey. <laughs> Oprah. Oprah Winfrey. <laughs> I see what you did there. <laughs> wow. Breck and Z douche. Yo, <laughs> all right. That's uh. I think that brings us to the final fucking matchup of the night, right? 
Yes, yeah. it yep. does. That's going to be Taylor Swift versus Oprah Winfrey. So it's going to be uh, Spencer and Lorian representing Taylor Swift and Makiru's of America Ultra representing Oprah Winfrey. Yes. Did I get that right? And Winfrey. Yes. With uh, <laughs> with the uh, I want to get some white music on. We got. Uh, we ain't done according, yet. <laughs> according to Gal, it's going to be Oprah Winfrey taking us first into the final matchup, Battle of the Douchebags, season two, episode Battle two. Three. Final challengers approach. Waddle up to the line, Oprah. All right. All right. Bring back, we the, bring bring we back the Michael Moore tuba. <laughs> you can't sway the votes uh, like that. No, and, and I can't do it for Oprah. That's like a special occasion. <laughs> she, plus, she took Ozempic. You can't do it for Oprah? Okay, fine. She's, she's skinny now. She's not. She's never been that fat. Not Michael Moore level. Yeah, not like city bus size. <laughs> He's built like a walrus. Yeah, I love blubber. All right, so... Um, as I, as I mentioned earlier, she created a lot of douchebags. Um, the, the two ones that pop into my mind is Dr. Phil and Dr. Oz. Um, this, it seems like she is the queen grifter and then she created all of her little peons that are also grifters, but they're not quite as good at the grift as her. Grift, grift, grift. If I can say I that more Dr. time. I love Dr. Oz. That guy's a wizard. Feudal grift Yeah, will system. she, will she, hate, will she turn her back on <laughs> him true. now? Because she, she uh, voted for Fetterman, uh, even though she's not from Pennsylvania. And in that election, Fetterman, uh, Fetterman versus Oz, um, she goes back. She goes back on a lot of the people that she brings forward. Um, so let us start with uh, Dr. Phil. And I you know, have, have over the years, my God, I've talked to every psychologist known to womankind. Why are you yelling? therapists, people talking to the inner child and their inner puppies. And, um, and, and I haven't seen anybody puppies? better than Phil at mm-hmm. um, human there are two puppies inside you. assessment. <laughs> um, and I, I could feel this when we, because he, I mean, he'd never done TV before. I really discovered him and have created this. <laughs> created this. Oh, shit. Uh, <laughs> 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 well, I mean, he's sitting right next to her, smiling from ear to ear. He completely agrees with that. Um, and <laughs> I, I I would like to say any douchiness of Dr. Phil, you really can thank Oprah for that. So this next clip that I'm bringing here is uh, one that I think everyone probably has heard. It's it's kind of like uh, the the difficulty with it though is it's it's like how when Tina Fey said "drill baby drill" and everybody thought that that is what Sarah Palin actually said when Tina Fey said that during an SNL bit. Um, I feel like everybody hears this next clip and they think about Oprah being so kind. This was in 2004 when she gave a car to 300 members of her audience. But as you listen to it, I want you to refresh your mind, clear your mind of of all Oprah 
and listen to the sounds that she's making, knowing that, and I, I'm going to quote one of the audience members. It wasn't really like getting a free car. It was like getting a car 75% off because they all had to pay uh, tax Sales on tax, it yeah. up front. And this was the, this I'm referencing the one in 2004. They had to pay, I think it was about $7,000 and Oprah didn't give it away. Pontiac was just doing a deal. Um, so they acted as though they were all contestants on a show that won, which means that they did have to pay the tax for it. Cause that's normally how that works. And keep in mind that they went out of their way to find people who needed cars and, um, you know, they said, oh, well, you could pay the sales tax and then pay for the car and recoup the money, whatever. A, a couple of people couldn't afford to do that. So just listen to how amazingly douchey she sounds with this in mind. And now here's the deal. Listen carefully. Inside one of these boxes is a key. Do not open it yet. If your box has a key. You will be the last person today to get one of those cute little G6s. Okay? Who will it be? Are you ready? Hold on. Are you ready? JR is back in our audio booth. I want, you know, JR, this calls for a drum roll. Cue the drum roll. All right, open your boxes. Open your boxes. One, two, three. You're ugly. You're disgusting. I'm going to kill you. Give me $200. I was screaming the words is because other people were screaming so loudly. I thought they didn't understand or wouldn't understand what had just happened and what I was saying. Oh my goodness! A couple of people were like, "Oh my god, I uh, the taxes." <laughs> That's what people were saying. She's so excited about all the money she's making off of this ad placement. What is just thrilling about that moment is you can see the wave of understanding hitting each person. Because at first, one woman holds up the keys. I I remember the black woman in the audience goes, what, are you kidding me? Is what she mouthed. And then she turns to look at her friend and she sees she has one. And it's like, what? Well, you have one, but I have one too. So people at first didn't even understand what the prize was. I mean, what the joke was, what the fun of it was. And so that's why I was doing that. You get a car and you get a car and you get a car and you get a car. Everybody gets a car. That's why I did that. You're all in my trap. Except everybody didn't get a car. And I was thinking about playing the the recent Maui clip with her and uh, The Rock where everybody was, was mad at her because they're starting to really see that she's just a grifter. She, with the Maui clip, she was um, trying to act like she was doing such a good service by donating however much money 
to to their little charity there that she launders and makes a bunch back through taxes. But she just bought a whole bunch more of land there and natives were pissed at her and saying, why don't you just give up some of that land? Like you she bought a bunch of land in 2002 and then she bought a bunch of land in right in 2023, right before the fires. So. I think people are starting to wake up and see that she is not this saint. Um, I think, I mean, <laughs> that's how it is. But these 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 next two clips here are, are the same. Um, but one is behind the scenes. And I need to describe this to you guys. So it's another example of just her grifting and being insane and excited about the ad placement. <laughs> She is saying this is her final farewell. Uh, Oprah's favorite things. Oprah's ultimate favorite things is what it what it was. And I could not find this episode anywhere. They completely scraped it off the internet. So I, I could only find one where she's talking about behind the scenes of it, and then another one where it, the audio quality sucks. But we got to hear it because she is. Um, giving away iPads to everybody and she goes on and says how the iPad is her favorite favorite thing ever in the world and cue the angels <laughs> their iPads falling down with angel wings on them oh my god <laughs> oh my god you know it wasn't about me getting an iPad I had one I was happy that other people would get to have it Bullshit! <laughs> I love you. <laughs> I can't believe what you just said. And then this next one is... The, so that was behind the scenes. And then this next one is actually when she unveiled it to people. And, you know, they're, they're excited. They're screaming. So she is barking around iPads dangling from the sky with angel wings on the iPads themselves. She's like hopping around in a circle like a kangaroo with these iPads on string. (laughs) Insane. Chubby angels! Oh my god. Get to the shelter! Yeah, she's barking and hopping around the angel iPad. It's my my beautiful, beautiful iPad. Let me tell you. She's actually barking like a Hillary Clinton. Yep. So, um, so I also like this this time for her because she. She also gave away, I think it was a Microsoft Edge type tablet. And <laughs> later that week, she she tweeted that she loves uh, her Microsoft Edge tablet so much. It's, it's such a lifesaver. And then it showed in the corner, tweeted from her iPad. So, I mean, at least she was you know, being honest. She really does like like that iPad. And she she then unveiled uh, she talked th- that clip just leads into her talking about how she can play Scrabble on her iPad and it's just the most amazing thing in the world. And yeah, it's, 
I, I just, I couldn't, I couldn't bring Oprah to the table and not let everybody hear her barking around those iPads because they don't want you to see that for whatever reason. It's ridiculous. But with that, I am going to release the reins and I think I, I'm done. When you shit outside, it's not going to be a decent shit. Yeah. That's uh, Oprah versus Taylor Swift, people, and I believe Boobs is about to post that poll. Nope, we gotta we gotta do hey. Taylor Swift. Yeah, Taylor's got to go. <laughs> <laughs> I thought we already did Taylor. Swift. I knew no, this was did. fucking okay. rigged. God <laughs> damn! <laughs> it's just the last well, image I in your corrected. mind. Oprah hopping people. around. <laughs> um, Taylor has some words for her friend and fallen douchebag. Lena Dunham, because, you know, douchebags hang out with douchebags. Uh, well, mm-hmm. actually, Lena, I, I was watching Girls when it first came out about two years ago, and oh my I just God. thought she's so <laughs> empowering. This person so empowering. writes, directs, stars in this incredible show. And Boss so I went out and I did what she's the Jeremy Boring of HBO. When I, like, Googled her and went to her Twitter, and the first thing I saw was her quoting my lyrics. Mm. And at first I thought, um, like, that has to be, she has to be doing that ironically. Like, she's clearly making fun of me because I have this big, like, loser complex from school. Yeah. Um, but it turned out she was following me, and it was completely unironic, and she actually liked my music. And she direct messaged me, and she said, we need to be best friends. I feel like you've been my best friend in my head for months and almost years now, so I need to see you in person, and then I will lavish you with compliments in person. Whoa. And she did, she did do that. That's amazing. Yeah, so, so we've been so best there, friends there ever since. there must have been a connection there. So they've been best friends I, ever since, which uh, I didn't know. Now I'm really sad that mm-hmm. uh, Lena didn't beat Oprah yeah. to face off against Taylor. Taylor's yeah, too. Yeah, she, she was in her <laughs> wedding uh, with uh, what, her, Louis Felber or whatever, even though her ex was Taylor's producer. <laughs> oh so Taylor was in uh, Lena's wedding. Douchebags. Um, she. There is another interesting case from Taylor's legal team where a podcaster in 2015 decided to discuss the lyrics to one of her songs on air, and her legal team sent that podcast a cease and desist letter. So, uh. Even though they didn't play the song, they were just reading the lyrics. So that episode didn't get published. Um, And then, you know, following in Lena Dunham's feminist footsteps, she started this tirade against misogyny more recently. This is a more recent thing for her. And um, in 2023, she started re-releasing some of her tracks and changing lyrics that she thought might have been controversial or misogynistic uh one of which and i hate discussing it on a podcast so i'll keep it to one line uh the line she had written was she's better known for the things that she does on the mattress allegedly about the girl that stole justin bieber's heart and in taylor's version which is what she's calling all of the new re-released tracks uh the line is he was a moth to the flame. She was holding the matches. So, you know, <laughs> do what you will with that. Uh-oh. She also infamously had a squad 
since she came out, she was always surrounded by besties. But in 2016, they all disappeared as she got, uh, you know, boyfriend number 33 or whatever. Um, so let's see. Being the most famous pop star in the world just wasn't enough for T-Swift. No, there was something that she's always wanted and she was determined to get it. And her reasons are quite douchebaggy. I really want an honorary doctorate degree because Ed Sheeran has one, and I feel like he looks down on me now because I don't have one. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> so she made an interesting Bill, move. Bill Cosby looked down with people that didn't have honorary degrees. But you don't have an honorary degree. I was saying he looked down on them after he drugged them in the he looked down on him with that one eye pointed <laughs> yeah, sorry, outward. Sorry, the, other, the other one's looking sorry. right at you. It's all good. They're all douches. Uh, <laughs> and in a douchey move, she made a move from Nashville to somewhere else and decided to do a TV tour about it. I have a song called Welcome to New York, and I Perfect. recently moved to New York. And so the city named me the welcome ambassador for mm-hmm. tourism, which I thought was really nice of them. Wow. Yeah, that's really nice. That's They're really such nice. good people. <laughs> They're on the city council in New York. She has a little more to say about it. Anytime I talk to anyone or anytime I do an interview, I was just like, you don't understand. You have to go there now. You have to go to New York. Just drop what you're doing. You have to go there. It's amazing. It's the greatest place ever. And I think I think the city, like, I guess, picked up on that. And they're like, she's she's the most enthusiastic, obnoxious person to ever love New York. She loves it with like 18 exclamation points afterward. Underline. But it's nice. It's too many. You know. Way too many exclamation yeah. points for me. As you've heard her ISO before. No way. Exclamation point, exclamation point. And two exclamation points was more than enough, Taylor. You are a douchebag. Uh, but, <laughs> you know, this queen douche, she gets everything that she wants. So NYU did give her that honorary doctorate and let her give the commencement speech in 2022, which uh, is filled with virtue signaling and such like this. But I really can't complain about not having a normal college experience to you with an honorary doctorate went to NYU during a global pandemic everyone in college during normal times stresses about test scores but on top of that you also had to pass like a thousand COVID tests (laughs) you don't always get all the things in the bag that you selected from the menu in the delivery surface that is life you oh get what you get. Guys. You get what you get, man. And her commencement speech here just gets worse. Uh, a topic that you might suspect for her that comes up is uh, cringe. Literally. No matter how hard you try to avoid being cringe, you will look back on your life and cringe. Speak for yourself, Taylor. Okay. Might someday be deemed cringe. Yeah, let's hear that one again. You're talking like a song from The Lion King. Stop that. <laughs> it makes no sense. And the term cringe might someday be deemed cringe. For example, I had a phase where for the entirety of 2012, I dressed like a 1950s housewife. 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 But you know what? Give I was me one of them housewife. Mm. Trends and phases are fun. Looking She's just doing a Mike laughing. Tyson impression. <laughs> now, Kiff. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
She has uh, plenty of insights to give these graduates, let me tell you. I became a young adult while being fed the message that if I didn't make any mistakes, all the children of America would grow up to be perfect angels. However, if I did slip up, the entire earth would fall off its axis and it would be entirely my fault and I would go to pop star jail forever and ever. So that's what happened. We finally <laughs> discovered why clown world came into existence. Yeah, she slipped up, I guess. Damn. More than once. <laughs> Her like combined narcissism and loser complex is totally baffling to me. <laughs> but uh, some more words of advice from T-Swift. Scary news is you're on your own now so scary but the cool news is you're on your own now (laughs) wow that's deep (laughs) that's so fucking deep yeah as you know has she been uh has she been studying the fact uh, neil degrasse tyson that you don't know what it is (laughs) is not evidence that you know what it is hey what it is bro what it is it's like the same sentence. Mind blowing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> she don't know nothing. Uh, one last thing from NYU here. I know it can be really overwhelming figuring out who to be and when, <laughs> who you are now, and how to act in order to get where you want to go. I have some good news. It's totally up to you. Wow. I have some terrifying news. It's totally it's up to you. totally up to you. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Who could have seen this coming? <laughs> you win. Incredible. <laughs> She's a douchebag for sure. How, what, how much time do I have left? Uh, you are at how am I doing nine time? minutes. Okay. All right. Well. Uh, in theory, if you're walking into my life, you are basically volunteering yourself as a character in one of my songs. That's right. Don't get close to Tay-Tay, you're going to be in a song. Here's what else she has to say about that. Everyone's kind of like, you're 19, how are you not rebelling? But for me, rebelling doesn't really come from, you know, going out and getting wasted. It comes from writing completely honest songs with people's names in them. The people that I name in songs are not on speaking terms. Yeah. Yeah, wait a minute. Wasn't she really, wasn't she actually trying to threaten legal action against Kanye West for mentioning her by name in a song? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yes. Isn't that an interesting story? Mm. Name drops for me, but not for thee. And, uh, you know what what she had to say about the Kanye incident that I thought was interesting? I'll let her say it. Getting canceled on the internet and nearly losing my career gave me an excellent knowledge of all the types of wine. Taylor, when did you get literally canceled and almost lose your career? Come on. That was about Kanye? Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, I, I thought she was going to say I this. I fucking hate this monkey. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty, she meant it. Not written yeah. in there by the speechwriter. Weird, I know, yeah. Shocking. Uh, she should have hired Hulk. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Let my Taylor case rest there. Powerful right, well, now, is, it, is it for is it for real the poll time now? Poll time, baby. Is, yes. For real. <laughs> Who's in charge right. of this piece of shit? Ooh, <laughs> let's go, guys. <laughs> It's like, okay, dude, I, let, let me talk to someone who actually likes me. <laughs> Three right. rounds in a row, man. 865-465-6271. Everybody get in there and vote before Darren can. <laughs> 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 
He's probably hey, a member of the Oprah clip. book club too, though. He's, pretty, he <laughs> he's probably even sweating. He left. <laughs> oh, he's been... Wait. Wait, what? He heard a clip of lady ballers bashing lady ballers, and he left. There's no. Oh, I mean, even he, think. even he probably didn't think that was a good movie. Yeah. I love. Uh, I thought that was your favorite movie. That is was well, my favorite movie. My favorite joke. It's mine and Gene's favorite movie <laughs> of the year or all time. Of the of the all of the all time of the year. Okay. <laughs> the all time year. All the time the year Eight, took six, up. Eight six five oh, four six it. five six two seven one, and make sure yeah, you go yeah. vote I on don't the know poll. Who created <laughs> Pokemon, Pokemon Go. go. <laughs> But yeah, I'm, I'm trying, trying to, to figure, figure out, out how we, how we can get them to have Pokemon, Pokemon go, go to the polls. Yeah, that's retarded. <laughs> <laughs> it's retarded. Oh, I actually Pokemon went to the polls. Uh, uh, we had 22, 22 sets. <laughs> Coming from Dane Boosty Seed through Podverse, she said douchebag material. So much material and clips of virtual treasure trove. Mm. <sighs> yeah, my soul has become dense and heavy now. Uh, yeah, I'm ready to let go. <laughs> we need to do it out. We need a For listening to the uh, posted production, stay tuned for even more clips. About to take my second shower of the year over this thing. Jesus. <laughs> Already? I know, man. That's in t- that's how intense this is. Only January. Mm. Yeah. Sig delivery now. Yeah. Sig delivery. Yeah, come, on. Yeah. come on, guys. Get out here. Keep voting, 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 voting. Vote, yeah. vote, vote. Mail in your ballots today. Come on, Email somebody give us a call. 865 465 6271. I know one at least one of you motherfuckers has a phone. That's why I voted for Obama. He gave us a phone. <laughs> <laughs> Get what? those fucking babies vaccinated. Bah! I am at risk. <laughs> we bury the picture. I really appreciate Oprah's. <laughs> <laughs> she looks constipated as fuck. She's smelling the shit in her hands. I was I was looking. I wanted to make sure I found the right one for y'all. Just praying that Taylor. iPad prayer, dude. Taylor, old dumb bitch. <laughs> oh, uh, I hate Chad these F. women. Chad F just came in boosting through Podverse saying, "Great episode, thirty-three, thirty-three, Woo. thirty-three. I. Uh, I know I say this almost every episode, but I'm I've been very surprised about the results of these polls. You never know until you find yeah. out. Same. Yeah. Uh, I thought, yeah. Nam has been pamph- pamphleting, man. Mm. He had big money on this thing. I think <laughs> he's fucking harvesting ballots or something, dude. He's Mailing going door them, yeah. to door. He also yeah. got that. Good Hello, boy sir. Karma would you today. consider setting up a Mastodon account? It's like, do you have an ass account? Do you? Uh, <laughs> we're just going to borrow your password. You can change it later. Don't worry. You can change it later. Just need it for today. Thank you, sir. Appreciate you. All right, we are at one minute remaining, everybody. Oh, shit. I can feel it, I can feel it, I can feel it, I can feel it, I can feel it. 
Easy, guys. It's my first time. I'm the king okay. of the castle now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> Crash into me. Crash into me. What the heck's going on around here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you dirty bitch! 30 All seconds. Right. Oh, shit. It's round oh, three. It's finals. It's 30 seconds. What are we going to do? Here we go. Oh, God. I'm biting my nails. I'm biting my snail trails. <laughs> <laughs> biting them. They're a little chewy. Lap them up. There's some uh, live podcasting. People have to stop tweeting this nonsense. Let me just show you some fun stuff I found on Twitter. Five, four, oh my god. Three, oh my god. two, one. Final. Final results. Oh my, my goodness. There it is. The champion is. Wow. I just want to say it was a great goddamn douche down today, everybody. Everyone brought it. Everybody uh, fucking just. Knocked it out of the park, but with 38 votes coming in for the final round of Battle of the Douchebags, we have Taylor Swift coming away with 23 of those. She is the douchebag for episode two. Holy fuck! Douchebag! Mega douche! Wow. Oh, shit. Well, that's another one in the bag, everybody. That was awesome. Well played, everybody. <laughs> uh, thanks for, I, thanks I for letting Boomer and I take a, take a day off there and show off. <laughs> the ladies really uh, flexed the douche. That was incredible. Yeah. It's about time. We became I haven't seen anything douche. like it since Joy vs. Joy, man. It's rare you get a bunch of, <laughs> bunch of women at the end. Somebody's got to tell uh, Darren the bad news, I guess, right? I'm not telling him. (laughs) I won't, Adam. (laughs) Oh, Uh, shit. Well, yeah, Taylor Swift will be be joining Andrew Tate at the end of Season 2 for a final championship. So, that's... uh, Lauren, I guess you're bringing, if you're available, you're bringing uh, Taylor Swift. Oh, ha! shit, yeah. You gotta find more clips. She's <laughs> going to the Super Bowl, baby, so I'm sure yeah, there are clips yeah, awaiting. Whatever you have left, when you guys send me all your clips, don't send the Taylor ones. You can save the extra ones. Okay. But, uh, but the rest of everything, send them to me. Those will be in post. Uh, of course, man, bowl after bowl, every Tuesday, every token Tuesday. And then homegrown hits every Thursday. That's Both right. Great shows. Homegrown is your DMU decentralized music show hosted by Mary Kate Ultra, <laughs> Dame Lorian, and Daisy B. Cooper. And of course, Bowl After Bowl with Spencer and Lorian every Tuesday night right after DH Unplug. That's right. And then, and then uh, of course, my lovely host, Booberry, with Lavish yeah, yeah, Host Behind the Schemes. That'll be tomorrow night around 10, 10.30 Eastern, and there's Before the Schemes before that. So tune in. It's going to be great. A lot of oh, shows yeah. on the stream, a lot of things happening. Thanks to Bimrose for letting us stream here. Thanks to, uh, obviously, Sir um, Vito, Cousin Vito, and all the boosters and everybody else. 
And thank you guys. You guys all crushed it. Those, thank those, you. Those some, thank you, Chris, yeah, for having us you. on. This is a big dream of mine. Yeah, thank you. I very much appreciate <laughs> it. Yeah, hell yeah. Honor. Love you guys. And a lot of pain. Anytime you need some more <laughs> douches, just let me know. <laughs> I don't know what we're going to do now. Fish tank's over. I got to taste that final round, you know? <laughs> yeah. All right, guys. Well, uh, I guess I'm going to kill the stream unless there's any other business to attend to. Y'all are the best around, though. Big love. Wow. Most, most, most scientists, most, the, the vast majority agree that human beings are negatively affecting climate change. Yeah. The vast majority. Yeah, I, I don't. I just, I just don't think so. You, so you think that the very few scientists that disagree with yeah. the consensus are the ones that are correct. Eighty-seven percent of scientists said that human activity is driving global warming. Yet only half the American public public ascribe to that view. So, well, what website? Eighty-seven percent, and this is Scientific American. Yeah. Yeah. Dot com though, like cause it, that, that means it's it's making money. I don't trust that. If it was a dot org, I would probably take that. But that this is just a random website, and well, I, I don't Scientific trust American that. is not necessarily a random website it's yeah i don't i don't believe this like at all just so you know you don't believe it like at all <laughs> I, <laughs> I genuinely i genuinely don't believe it. i know you do but i genuinely well, don't believe it i like, believe most of the time the consensus of scientists that are studying the data uh, studies into scientific agreement on human caused global warming and look at all the studies it's between a hundred percent and 91% at the lowest, yeah. 91% of one of the studies. It's, it's a pretty broad right. consensus. Who, do they, yeah, who, do, who are they um, polling? Is it the people Scientists? that are a part of this dot, <laughs> um, dot, this dot org? That's what I'm asking. 10,306 scientists to confirm over 97% of climate scientists agree. And over 97% of the scientific articles yeah. find that global warming is real and largely caused by humans. Right. So my question to you is if you want to step outside of the scientific consensus, right. which is vast and involves 10,306 scientists, and just say, I don't believe in it, yeah. even if you're right, even if you're right, you don't have enough information to say that. Right. No, you I, might but, be I, correct, but that's what I said. That, that's just the but whole you're point. saying I, you don't believe I it. Don't, yeah, I, I would have to have someone sit down and convince me that it was real. But I think that I have a right to say that I don't believe in something, but I, that I also don't know. And that's what I said to you. I don't believe in it, but I, I wouldn't die on this hill. I don't know enough about it. You I did don't... say you wouldn't die on this hill. Yeah. But, what, but you also said you don't believe in it, and you stated the reason why because you think it's a scam. Yeah. Yeah. If you were just a regular person and you said, I don't believe in it, I'd probably go, all right. The problem is, you're not. You're 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 a very influential. But I'm aware. Person. But I'm aware when I'm on stage, when I'm on my YouTube channel. You, there's no videos of Candace Owens talking about global warming. I'm aware of that. There is now. There, uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm always super suspicious about something that becomes like a major movement that everybody has to be on board with. Yeah, yeah. The bottom line about the Earth, we are 100% affecting it. It's measurable. Human beings, our carbon dioxide output, in particular our pollutants, 100% what we're doing to the ocean. We're affecting the world in a negative way. However, mm. when it comes to the climate, when it comes to the temperature of the Earth, it has never been stable, ever, right. ever. When you look at the Earth over a course of 10,000, 15,000, whatever years, it goes up and it goes down. PM. This is when Damn. I go into my climate change is not real rant. Oh, oh shit. Why? It seems like the opposite. <laughs> the climate change is real? Yeah. I'm, I don't know. Okay. I, I'm, I'm interested. 
I'm interested in both sides. You know what someone scared <laughs> me, though? They said that the, the real scary thing is global cooling. What? Global warming scary, but global cooling. <laughs> yeah, they got me, they got me, bro. That's yeah. when everybody dies. What do you mean global yeah, cooling? Yeah, cold is still killing you. Ice age. Like what? a real ice age. It's way scarier than everything getting hot. Listen, it's all <laughs> dependent upon who you talk to. Because like, at some point in Earth's history, there were no polarized caps. But now that's the thing about the whole climate thing. It's just like it's never steady. It's never like the climate's always going to be this. It's like never in the history of the Earth been steady. It's always done this. If you look at charts and graphs, the, the question is like how much are people influencing it? Also, it's greener now than it's ever been before. What do you mean greener? That's true because yeah. it's warmer. What do you mean it's greener? It's because it's warmer. There's more green. I was reading this whole thing about how in um, Idaho in – I think it was July or August of the 1930s, had reached a temperature of 118 degrees, mm. like the highest ever recorded temperature they have. There was nothing going on there. There was no fucking wholesale machines running and mm -hmm. fucking diesel trucks everywhere. There was none of that. It was just, it's not stable. Right. The whole time the earth has been here, it goes up and down. And what Randall Carlson always says, he goes, yeah, global warming, it's bad because you have to move away from the coast. He goes, but global cooling is what's really scary. Right. That's what's really scary. Right. Because if we hit another, like, legitimate ice age, the fucking right. most of North America was covered in a mile of ice. Wild. In the heat, all you have to do is get in the shade, get water, don't be stupid, be in reasonably good shape, and you can get away with it. If there's, like, woods and you have water... If it's the cold, but you're fucked. As kidding. long as there's a place to get warm. Yeah. That's the thing. Like, you can't survive unless you can get warm. That's the difference. Like, everybody's worried about global warming. Global cooling is what freaks me out. Ice ages freak me out. It's undeniable that human beings have an impact. But the, here's the problem. The climate is never the same. It's never steady forever. If you go back to, like, 1934 in... I think it was Wyoming got to like 118 degrees. Holy shit. Yeah, something crazy like that. But anyway, the point is, if you go back in time, you, you know, when they do what's, they do these things called core samples. So they take this giant slab of the earth, you know, hundreds of feet down. And through that, you can, you know what, they do carbon testing. And so they know like this is from a thousand years ago, this is from 2000 years ago. When they when they do that, it's all over the place, man. When they ha they have these charts of the temperature of the Earth throughout history, have you ever seen them? Mm -mm. They they go like this all over the place, be even before people. Like it's always been wacky. I'm learning a lot, man. Learning about Hollywood in the '90s and climate change. Bro, I'm here to teach. I used to believe I used to believe totally that we never went to the moon because there was a documentary oh, that came on no. on Fox. Yes, trust me. No, Fox, I didn't. I didn't Google you hard enough before I came up. In the 1990s, in the 1990s, Fox had a, a show uh, called Conspiracy Theory: Did We Go to the Moon? And they aired it on television, prime time. What changed you? Mostly talking to Neil deGrasse Tyson, but also critical thinking. Also uh, realizing that I was fully committed to that idea without really exploring the possibility whether that idea was incorrect. And that I had taken everything that I saw in that documentary, which is incredibly convincing, and with 100% confirmation bias, I only looked at that, and I didn't look at all the contrary evidence. It's, it's absolutely frightening. But it's also the fuel that the debunkers use, the so-called air quote skeptics. I don't like the term skeptics. I'm going to say this publicly because I, I really have only said this privately. I think it's a sloppy, lazy way to look at things, mm. to just be a skeptic. Look, just, there, at I this want people point, to be objective. And I think there's a lot of things you should be skeptical of. I think you should you should look at things and look at things 
from a hardline science perspective, you should Absolutely. be objective. But the idea of skeptics, the problem with that is you're always looking for things to be bullshit. Yeah. And I think that's dangerous because I think some things aren't bullshit. It's confirmation bias on the other end. You're just it deciding is. to take a square thing and put it in a round hole no matter what. And know? I find a lot of them to be lazy. Yeah. A lot of them to be lazy thinkers. Sure. Because they're always putting it into that box instead of going, hmm. Instead of just separating their ego, they're trying. They're playing a game, and the game is calling bullshit. I want to call bullshit, and I'm going to line up all these reasons why it's bullshit, and I'm going to ignore anything that might be contrary to that definition. So this is one of the things that I said when I made that video, that these people that you're talking about, one of them, Dr. Robert Malone, he holds nine patents for the creation of mRNA vaccine technology. He was a part of of the creation of mRNA vaccines. He took the mRNA vaccine and had a horrible reaction and almost died. And then you have Peter McCullough. Peter McCullough is the most published physician in history in his field. This is a guy with rock solid credentials who initially was telling people to take the vaccine. And then he was experiencing all of these patients that were coming in with these diseases and these illnesses that they'd acquired, he believed, from the vaccine. And there was no ability to discuss this and no ability to ascertain if that was the fact. You, were, you, you had to follow a very specific narrative. But that's not science. No. No. That's and, propaganda. Well, you know, I think when you have like complex, fascinating brains, they go off in all kinds of different directions. Don't it's, you think? Well, I think human beings get very arrogant when they're the disseminators of information and people listen to them on a regular basis. And there's this appeal, appeal to authority. I'm the, the person who explains science I'm the, and anything that confuses that or questions that or is an alternative theory gets dismissed. Because if you're right, then I'm wrong, and I'm not willing to do it, and I can just shut you up, especially when you're encountering a very difficult thing like this. Like, instead of having a long-form discussion or, you know, years of debate and years of examination, it's easier to just dismiss and to not have a conversation with that person. And I think that's foolish. I really do, because I think that it's an opportunity. First of all, if you really truly believe what you're saying, it's an opportunity for you to state your point more clearly exactly. than the other person. Iron sharpens iron. Yeah, yeah. which is what yeah. it's all about. And if you just shut that down, I usually think that you're vulnerable. I generally think that people who shut that down, their, their ideas are vulnerable. Listen, man, yeah, if, if there wasn't money involved in this, if this was just a public health decision, I would be way less cynical. We are buck wild captured by an industry that makes great drugs. Yeah. Some of the stuff they make is all. I'm not yeah. anti-pharmaceuticals. Sure. Life-saving. You know? yeah. yeah. All of it. There's a lot of great stuff. Life-saving, life-enhancing. I think, I think about um, Joe when I wake up. I think about him when I go to sleep. And is that weird? People have, people have obsessions. I mean, what are you obsessed with? Something, right? You don't have to say what it is. I think about fucking Joe Rogan, not fucking him, but I fucking think about Joe Rogan when I wake up, when I go to bed, when I'm doing my MMA training, when I'm drinking my $30 green juice, okay? He got me onto this. I've spent um, probably $6,000 on cameos, uh, a, lot of, a lot of which are unreleased with people trying try to get famous people to name drop Joe Rogan because I want him to notice me. I will find him. <laughs> no, I just thought, uh, I just think he's cool. He's like everything I want to be. I will drink his blood. I'm going to drink his blood. Alex, if you're out there, 
I still like you as a person. If I saw you, I'd still give you a hug. But not everything's a fucking conspiracy. It's this whole thing, like, I still want to hug you. No, Joe, I want you to be my enemy. Don't give me any more pleasantries. I want war. Give me your attacks. Everything. Now you understand the shape of things. That's good that you understand those. Now you understand that I'll get my hands politically around your neck. And all your tough guy crap's going to end real quick. God wants me to wage war. God told me, destroy Joe Rogan. Yes, sir, Jesus, I will do it. No more games. War. Ah! The real thing. War. 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 You want war against our children. You want war against God. You will get war. Having to, like, respond to people that want to know if I've seen what Alex Jones has said about me lately is one of the weirder things that I've, I've dealt with. Joe Rogan, metaphysically, is a Christmas hog. And I'm going to politically haul him up by his back legs and slit his throat. <laughs> his blood will fill buckets politically, not violently. Sharpening. <laughs> Yeah. Full attack. Let's go. Stop saying with my friend. Let's go to war, man. Let's have it on. All your big talk is going to end right now. First of all, I've always had good dealings with Alex in person, person to person. But he's obviously in a world of shit right now. There's a lot going on with him with this Sandy Hook stuff. And he wasn't entirely honest with me about what he had said about Sandy Hook. There's a Media Matters video that shows all the time where he said that Sandy Hook was fake. If you read George Soros talking points about me on air anymore, I'm going to tell folks not stuff I know from knowing you personally about 20 years, but about that damn CIA operation here in Austin. Then recently, because I haven't had him on the podcast, he decided to start saying that I work for the CIA and that I'm uh, George Soros talking points, which I don't even know what these fucking talking points are. He literally says... I don't follow talking points. I follow media matters that's owned and run by George Soros. <laughs> and so I told you, because you've become their darling, that you're now the enemy. And I told you clear. I said, you don't need to have me on. Just stop sucking George Soros' dangling or I'm coming after you. I told you. Not talking to anybody. No one's giving me talking points. But you're making shit up. And this is, this is not helping anybody wants to defend you it's not helping me as a person talk about the good qualities in you and you know that these things that you're saying are made up you're making up the fact that i'm in the cia you're making up for the fact that the hollywood insiders have given me information and tell me what to say that's not true you know it's not true you know me this is very complicated to me this is one of the reasons why i struggled with bringing him back on the podcast that's very complicated joe 
I'll never talk to you again. I'll never come on your show again. I'm going to destroy you. I understand it now. I'm going to get you. I'm coming for you. You understand that? Who do you think I am? What do you think I do? You're very foolish. I don't hate you, Joe. I'm revolted by you. See the difference? You revolt me. Jack Dorsey, that little oiled pimp, that little front man of DARPA up there like a rat, like a spider, cleaning its, 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 its pinchers. Ugh. Oh, you're MMA. You got a bald head. You're so tough. I'm so scared, Joe. I'm so scared right now. I'm so scared of your, oh, your big wigs in Vegas and all the stuff you told me about 20 years ago about the mafia owning UFC and everything. I already knew that when you told me that. You think I was so impressed with that and all the rest of your weird-ass crap. So it's just at the end of the day, dude, you've been acting like a tough guy for a long time. Destroy me. Give me your power. Show me what you can do. Here I am. See see how it works now? Oh, I'm so scared, Joe. Here I am, Joe. You can't do anything because you're a devil. And you can't stand against truth. And you've chosen the wrong side. And you're going to be destroyed. No matter what happens to me, Joe, you're done. It's That is... Even though I'm... I've known the guy since 1998, and if I'm around him, I'd say that's my friend Alex Jones. He's a friend. He's obviously, he obviously did something fucked up. And the parents that had to deal with what he did, there's parents that had to deal with people calling them a crisis actor. They had to deal with people harassing them at the courthouse and harassing them if they met them in public because they were saying that they were lying about their kids being killed. So not only are their kids being killed, but they have to deal with someone harassing them and saying you're a liar and you're an actor. It's insanity. Shining on with the big boys, Joe. Circling the black hole of hell, Joe. I can't wait to bang heads with you. They just don't understand how it works. They don't understand how the teeth bite. They don't understand the shape of doom. They just don't understand it. (laughs) And I will detonate, thanks to God's blessing, not the defeat of Hillary, but the next great mission before I'm done. I will detonate the war that leads to your destruction. And Joe is only a baby in this, but he's an example of these fools who must first be destroyed before they're cleansed. Because we've taken down Hillary, and we've taken down the globalist, and we're going to take down Soros, and we're going to take you down. Once we stop fearing the devil and start taking the devil on is the day we start living. And then you see the horizon. You realize God's in control. And the bluff's got to be called. The enemy's got to be engaged. Bone's got to meet bone. Sword's got to meet shield. The axe has got to come down on that skull. And in the end, we'll see heaven. I know the wind is filling my sails and I'm on a journey where I'm supposed to go. I'm on the path of my ancestors, a path beyond the stars, a path to Valhalla. And that's why I do this. Because to not do it is to lose the soul. And you've all chosen your lot with the devil. 
that I've chosen that I must take you on. It'll be this contest that defines us. It'll be these wars, these fights that make us who we are. But I don't hate the guy. He's, you know, he'll scream and yell and call me a demon. He's not in a good place. You're not in a good place when you're defending against that. And all these other conspiracies, like, it's all fun and games until you're talking about people's kids getting murdered. And then all of a sudden people are like, fuck you. See, Joe, you're in the pretend Hollywood world. I'm in the big boy world. The big boy world. If you're a whale, you're fighting a big squid ten times bigger than you. No whale, no sperm whale's ever fought that, Joe. You're just a little sperm whale. There's a squid this long. That's me. One of my tentacles. Your entire head. And don't worry, I'll show you. But I'm going to squeeze you slowly, just slowly. Slowly, the big, tough Hollywood guy. Just very slowly, so I just squeeze. Squeeze and give you what you want, Hollywood. Because vengeance is God. That's where this all comes from. And so now you get the full, the full heat loads. See, it's just, oh, it's only started. Dude, the the big giant burning uh, plungers aren't even there. Like, because I'm clear to fire, dude. Jesus, who you hate so much, said, Jesus told me to destroy Joe Rogan. If he was just ranting about government conspiracies or, you know, who shot this guy or who's stealing money from here. Some of what he talks about is beneficial. But Alex is not, I don't think he's in a good place. I don't think he's in a good place mentally, and I don't, I don't think he's in a good place in terms of his situation with the law. I don't hate you, Alex Jones, if you listen to this. If I saw you, I'd still give you a hug. I'll still even do your fucking show when I come to Austin. I don't care. You can, we can come and hang out, but just stop making shit up. It's silly. When I get my hands on you, when I get my hands around your neck and all of your fake so-called male prowess, you will understand and you will know. <laughs> so you think I like the fact that I know they're murdering kids right now and sucking their freaking blood and then you won't man up and say it's wrong? Joe Rogan, you've got one last chance to get down on your knees to the Holy Spirit and ask Jesus Christ to cleanse you because I don't believe you don't know all the stuff. You're smart. When I was on your show, you knew everything I knew and more. I've known you 21 years, and you're smart, but you're a devil. <laughs> Everything's on the line. My family, my name, everything. I'll never submit to you. You've met your match. Get ready. into a salmon.
He's like, Don't like meow. That's what the moose does. The male moose, the bull. Okay. We gotta go. Hands up. Hands up. That's how bad they want dick. Oh, it's a moose looking for pussy. It like gives you goosebumps. We later found seven hundred pounds. We later found the track on the road. so cold i need to be beside you i need your warmth i need your loveliness i'm dressed for winter i've big boots on in bed but i'm freezing to death i am dreaming i'm in a scene from some movie where the life is draining out of the actor in the lead role in the last moments of his life he is vexed and questioning his great love why are you going uh don't leave me. I'm right here. His lover reminds him. I haven't moved. What? It's not you leaving? Am I the one walking away? Why am I walking away? I, I don't want to leave you. Please don't let me leave. There are some dirty little secrets about success that I'm just waking up to. And from. We've been given this life, you know, and it just, the only way through the privilege is to give thanks for it, to be grateful, um, but just not to expect it, challenge it. And people have this relationship they've given you. You don't have to have the same worries as them. They're buying your albums, buying your tickets, buying your book. In return, their angle is, you know, just to make sure that you give us the best of you. And I feel kind of, haunted a little bit and hunted, you might say, by that feeling of just not wanting to, to blow this. So we started to learn that activism can really lead to actions. And I come up with this term in the book, which I thought I'd made up, but it's in the dictionary, actualism. I said, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not I'm not an idealist, I'm an actualist. I want to get stuff done. I'm pragmatic. I'll work with the left and the right, you know. You don't have to agree on everything if the one thing you agree on is important enough. Songs are not like your children. They're much more like your, 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 your father and mother. They sort of, they boss you about. They tell you what to do. Blessed are the bullies for one day they'll have to stand up to themselves. Blessed are the liars for the truth can be awkward. It's not a place. This country is to me a sound of drum and bass. You close your eyes to look around. Look around. Around. Look around. It's a sound. Look around. Look around. It's a sound. It's not a place. This country is to me a thought that offers grace for every welcome that is sought. You are rock and roll. You and I are, rock and roll, you are, rock and roll. We came here looking for American soul, it's not a place, this is a dream the whole world owns, the pilgrim's face she had your heart to call her home, hold on brother John, too many mothers weeping, dream on brother John, but in your dreams you can't be sleeping.
you might swap out the word freedom for the word liberation. I think we're all agreed on the concept. And we're all agreed that it's not just under siege in Ukraine. Now, is it? Democracy, did you ever think in your life, Jeffrey, that democracy would be in the dark, having to explain itself to a jury that's not sure? The world is now dividing into autocracies and democracies. Freedom is on trial. Mm -hmm. And we have to demonstrate now what freedom can do, what, what it can accomplish, that we are with you know, these amazing countries in Africa, you know, there'll be, I think, a third of all the world's youth will be in the continent of Africa by 2050. Innovative, smart, genius, brilliant pe peoples. We want to show them this is the direction, not the direction of lies and propaganda and autocracies. If you're going to be good at your word, if you're going to live up to your ideals and your education, it's going to cost you. So my question, I suppose, is... What's the big idea? What's your big idea? What are you willing to spend your moral capital, your intellectual capital, your cash, your sweat, equity in pursuing? If you want to serve the age, betray it. What does that mean, to betray the age? Well, to me, betraying the age means exposing its conceits, its foibles, its phony moral certitudes. It means telling the secrets of the age and facing harsher truths. Every age has its massive moral blind spots. We might not see them, but our children will. It might be something as simple as our deep down refusal to believe that every human life has equal worth. Could that be it? Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm sitting in the front seat of a red Range Rover. The driver who has just picked me up from John Lennon Airport in Liverpool, is Paul McCartney. He's taking me and Jimmy Iovine on a magical mystery tour through his hometown, showing us the neighbourhoods where the Fab Four grew up. He's pointing here, there and everywhere, and apologising. You sure you don't mind me telling you this? Oh no, I, I don't mind. Please go on. Do I mind? It's like Moses giving you a tour of the Holy Land. It's like Freud giving you a tour of the brain. It's like Neil Armstrong giving you a tour of the moon. It's like Paul McCartney driving me through the geography of a music that has transformed my life. See over there? That news agent. It's changed a bit, but that's where I had my first real conversation with John. Now, I know a bit about the Beatles lore and wonder if his memory is playing tricks. But I thought... Your conversation with John was when he was in the Quarrymen and they played that fate in St. Peter's Church, was it? Paul looked at me with, I feel, some respect. Yeah, that's true, he said, smiling. But, but I'm talking real, insightful stuff. Not just, you know, what sort of guitar do you use? What sort of tunes are you listening to? Insightful, how do you mean? Well, John bought a bar of chocolate. Cadbury's chocolate and when he came out of the news agency broke it in half gave me one half I was amazed because you know back then chocolate was really something most boys would break off a little square but John gave me half his bar I was musing on this as Paul put his foot on the accelerator and we moved off I don't know why I'm telling you that 
Perhaps he did know. I knew. In an instant, it was clear to me that the greatest collaboration in the history of popular culture started with a 50-50 deal on a bar of chocolate. Lennon and McCartney, born over a bar of Cadbury's chocolate. The U2 singer performed alongside his bandmate The Edge in an underground tube station in the capital. They were joined by a Ukrainian soldier during the gig. I just wonder what you make of what you see here. Uh, I mean, we just, you know, it's the usual thing. You, 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 you get out of a motorcade. Um, you can't ever really have a sense of what these people have been through. No real sense. The, though it's dark, the evidence around you, the, the shock of the mayor's daughter, Jolina. This incredible. Jolina, come in here. Yeah. Just a, this incredible woman here. <laughs> she was telling us a story and, and just being, bear witnessing, um, bearing witness. Yeah. So I suppose that's what we're here to do. Essentially, we were invited to come by President Zelensky. What do you think of the people who did this, just finally? Oh, that's that's hard. To, that's hard. Um, I think it's it's one man's war, really. And I think there's people in Russia will will younger people know what's going on, and I trust in the younger people in Russia to throw this man uh, out of his. Office that was so high and is so low right now. That's me trying to be understated. And also, you know, when people talk about the greatness of America, I just think of the NAACP. That's what I think of it. Genuinely comes to my head. When I grew up, Ireland was divided along religious lines, sectarian lines. Young people like me were, were parched for the vision that poured out of pulpits of black America and the vision of a black reverend from Atlanta, a man who refused to hate because he knew love would do a better job. These ideas travel, you know, and uh, they reach me clear as any tune, um, lodged in my brain like a song. I couldn't, sh I couldn't shake that. And, and people like me looked across the ocean to the NAACP and I'm here tonight and that feels good, feels very, very good. Well, today, the world looks again to the NAACP. We need the community that taught the world about civil rights to teach it something about human rights. Oh, yeah. I'm talking about the right to live like a human, the right to live, period. Those are the stakes in Africa right now. Five and a half thousand Africans dying every day of AIDS, a preventable, treatable disease. Nearly a million Africans, most of them children, dying every year from malaria, death by mosquito bite. And uh, this is not about charity, as you know here in this room. This is about justice. It's about justice and equality. Now, I know that America hasn't solved all of its problems, and I know AIDS is still killing people right here in America. And I know the hardest hit are African-Americans, many of them young women. This is true religion. True religion will not let us fall asleep in the comfort of our freedom. Love thy neighbor is not a piece of advice, it's a command. That means that in the global village, we're going to have to start loving a whole lot more people. That's what that means. That's right. His truth is marching on. And to those 
in the church who still sit in judgment on the AIDS emergency, let me climb into the pulpit for just one moment. Because whatever thoughts we have about God, who He is, or even if God exists, most will agree that God has a special place for the poor. The poor are where God lives. God is in the slums, in the cardboard boxes where the poor play house. God is where the opportunity is lost and lives are shattered. God is with the mother who has infected her child with a virus that will take both their lives. God is under the rubble in the cries we hear during wartime. God, my friends, is with the poor and God is with us if we are with them. This is not a burden. This is an adventure. Don't let anyone tell you it cannot be done. We can be the generation that ends extreme poverty. Thank you. Well, congratulations, Bono. It appears your record is intact. I had a feeling it would be. Wait, stop! Dad, your old crap counts. Bono never took a second crap to beat yours. Get him out of here! What are you talking about, young man? Somebody's been keeping it a secret. Bono was never the record holder. He's the record! It's not true! Kill that kid! I want him dead! It's too late, Bono. The boy has learned the truth. Air Broloff, what do you know of this? It's true, I'm afraid. You see, until Mr. Marsh came along, I was the record holder for the biggest crap. I took it back in 1960. It was the most amazing crap I'd ever taken. Papa, no! Say nothing more! Come to me, my darling, precious child. <laughs> After I had broken the record, I took the crap home. I was so proud of it that I decided to keep it. To try and raise it like a child. No, Papa. No, Papa. There, there, my little crap. Don't cry. Here, do you want the biddy? Hmm? Does Bono want the biddy? Yes, he likes the biddy, doesn't he? Dude. I kept the crap in my office, nursed it, fed it Biddy. And soon Biddy made him strong. Biddy made him grow up into one of the most influential figures of our time. Easy, Bono, that hurts the Biddy. Biddy. My little crap has accomplished many things, but he could never shed the fact that he was really a number two. So he spent his life trying to be number one in everything. That's why he's able to do so much, try to help so many people but still seem like such a piece of shit. You have blemished this noble society's good name, Herr Blanov. Have I? Look at the crap I took all those years ago. Bono is now almost six feet tall and over 80 kirks in weight. No matter how you look at it, he is still the record. Oh, God, here it comes. Oh, hot, 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 hot. Hot, 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 I mean, I think 
that obviously it's been a very painful time for women, for people with uteruses, for people who care about women and for people who care about people with uteruses. Like, I think all of us should be concerned. It shouldn't be anyone's sole issue. I think what's given me hope is how many people, even people who maybe normally wouldn't have spoken out about this issue maybe five or six years ago because it was too political, Mm -hmm. are really comfortable coming forward and saying, we're not okay with this. This does not work this is not, and this is dangerous, and and when one of us suffers, all of us suffer. I have a lot of white girl fans who will defend me from something like that, but what I've had to say, with gratitude but with clarity, is like, I don't experience that as a comfort. I experience that like I'm not doing my job because I haven't properly educated my audience about the issues that are essential. I don't want to be let off the hook by a bunch of white girls my age. I think uh, that was such an important story uh, to be shared last night uh, in the process of trying to um, edit this three hours and 20 minutes down to an hour and 25 minutes. Mm. I'd said to my team, the most important question to be answered here at the end of this show will be, why did they leave? You have millions of frustrated kids going around and some of them are so frustrated that they say, well, I'm going to detach myself completely. Uh, get involved with drugs, uh, uh, have absolutely nothing to do with what's happening. And uh, you have the others who are frustrated but uh, take their uh, feelings out in uh, demonstrations and riots and things like that. I'm very strong on the point of the drug thing. I don't think people should get involved in it. It's a cop-out. They're not running towards something, they're running away from something. And I think it's much easier to solve or try and solve the problems because... uh, when they finally get back down again, they'll still be there unless something's done about them. Yeah, but, you know, it was you that said you went to college not because you wanted to, not for yourself, but because other people wanted you to do that. Right. How does that relate to that? It relates to it because these kids, at least, are doing what they want to do. These cop-outs, these dropouts, at least are acting independently, and you may not approve of their behavior, but they're taking some kind of a stand. Yeah, but and people, the people in, in St. Asylum's also are doing what they want to do. You know, unfortunately, they don't have the choice. They don't have the mental capacity to make the choice. Um, They're doing what they want to do. I just don't think that uh, they're really going to be happy doing it. Okay, I may be right or I may be wrong. But I've met enough people, and uh, I've found that the people who are really dropping out are the most unhappy people. Pot, pot, give us some pot. Forget what you are, you can be what you're not. very sick from uh, from speed from meth and uh, I used to shoot it in my spine I also shoot I also used to shoot acid in my spine it's hard to uh, to uh, to speak but the lyric says uh, did you ever read about a frog who dreamed of being a king and then became one well except for the names and a few other changes if you talk about me the story is the same one but go on but I've got an emptiness deep inside, and I've tried, but it won't let me go. And I'm not a man who likes to swear, but I've never cared for the sound of being alone. I am, I said. Uh, it was a tough song to write because I had to look into myself to be truthful about it. Uh, it was a difficult song, probably the most difficult song I've ever written, and uh, maybe the most worthwhile song I've ever written. 
What are you today, the frog or the king? Um, I'm neither. I realized a long time ago that I was not about to be a king, and uh, I'm not a frog either. I'm, uh, I'm a human being. Uh, I, I hurt. Uh, I love. I, I feel guilt. I, uh, I love to be accepted by people because, in a sense, it's an extension of myself. Um, but I'm neither. They all kiss me, all the biggies, Tom, Neil, they all kiss me. Yeah, but Tom didn't kiss you on the lips. <laughs> this is a big week for me, I'm telling you right now. A big week. Wow. Woo, yeah, there's a yeah. little electricity there, wow. huh? When I was uh, in Australia in 1996, I, I, I met a young lady and I fell in love with her and... Uh, uh, we've been together now for eight years, and uh, I adore her. Uh, she allows me to live my life. Uh, she's an extraordinary woman, and uh, so there, I'm not alone. I, I gave up two marriages, but uh, I was still able to find somebody I love and who loves me. And, uh, you know, so thank you, Australia. Real name, Neil Diamond? Real name, Neil Diamond, yeah. Ever think about changing it? I changed it at the beginning a lot of times because I wouldn't put my name on the records that I made way back when I was <laughs> 16 and 17. But uh, when I finally came up to uh, a real recording contract and putting out Solitary Man, they asked me what name I wanted to use. And I, I had a couple of alternatives. I had Ice Cherry, I had Noah Kaminsky, and I had Neil Diamond. And, and uh, I'm sorry, Noah Kaminsky? Noah, I thought it was, I don't know, I was young and dumb. I, <laughs> I thought it was very... I don't know. I'm thank God I didn't use it, but I mean, I, I thought it was fun. So, yeah. but uh, the last minute I just said, "Well, just use my name because uh, I, I couldn't explain it to my grandmother. I had an elderly grandmother who was still alive then, and I would say, Grandma, how you know? What do you think of this record? It had to have my name on it. So, therefore, I'm still what I am. Yeah. I haven't changed. I need everybody to show their teeth. In the human world, it's a sign of friendliness. And, and welcomeness. This yeah. is the first album you've done since 1974, and it's received wonderful reviews. It's the first album that I've written, that you've written. solely by myself. Mm. I've done lots of albums yeah. but since then. this is then. all you. It's all me, and it was the scariest thing I've done in a long time, because I knew I was going to climb this mountain by myself. Yeah. And uh, it was scary, but I made it. It <coughs> took me a little while to start off and take the first few steps. 74 to 2001 is a little... Yes, you know, I started collaborating with writers in 76, and it got to be so nice to be with someone else and to talk yeah. with someone else that it became my modus operandi. Uh, I never saw Elvis perform Sweet Caroline, although I did see him perform in uh, Vegas. Uh, I went down there, and he was performing live. I'd never seen him before, and, you know, he was, uh, he was Elvis Presley, and... and uh, uh, I, I was awed. Uh, he was an amazing, amazing live performer. He, uh, he was, he was electric and he was wonderful. And uh, uh, halfway through his show, he introduced me. I was in the audience and he introduced me. And you know, it's like worshiping a god, and that god is saying, uh, "Oh, stand up! Uh, I like this person in the world. Why don't you meet him?" And my god, and you know, so I stood up. And then the audience started to cheer, and they started to say, "Get up on stage!" and you know, sing together, you know. No, I couldn't possibly. It's, uh, 
And he, he saw I was uncomfortable. Then he said, well, he's, he's on holiday now, so leave him alone, let him enjoy the show. And, and uh, they did. Does a part of you regret that you didn't take that opportunity to hop up and sing with Elvis? You know, I've thought about it over the years. Of what would I do? What songs would we do? And uh, uh, it's not a good idea to come up and sing with another performer when it's their show and it's their band. Um, I do know that. And uh, I'm glad I didn't because I, I, I don't think it would have been a good idea to touch that, you know, the hem of the god. Uh, he was amazing. He was warm and very generous to me. And uh, I, I think it's best left at that. You used your real name. Yeah. I had some doubt about it because before my first rep, before Solitary Man came out, I thought, I can't use Neil Diamond. It's too normal. It's boring. It's ordinary. And Diamond sounds like somebody made it up. And I have to find a name with some character to it, something that will be memorable. And so I came up with two names and I gave them into the record company. And uh, they called me just before the record was pressed and they said, well, is it going to be Neil Diamond? Is it going to be Noah Kaminsky, which was one of the alternates that I had? Or is it going to be Ice Cherry? Ice Cherry. Ice Cherry. E-I-C-E. Yeah. E-I-C-E. Cherry. Yes, Very which catchy. I thought was, I thought, wow, that sounds really cool. Most people named Noah Kaminsky would want to change it to Neil Diamond. Neil Diamond He wanted was, to be a little more ethnic. Well, I thought there was something biblical about it. There was some character to it, and uh, uh, I chickened out the last minute. I mean, the president of the company called me, and he said, well, what is it, Neil? And I thought, I thought of my grandmother, and I said, my goodness, I could never explain it to her. How you could be ice child? Who is this? This is me. No, it's not you. So I said, <laughs> go with Neil Diamond, then I'll try and figure it out after that. And, you know, it worked out okay. <laughs> You were at the same school as Barbara Streisand. We went to high school together. Ironic. Did you know each other at school? No, we sang in the same choir. It was a uh, hundred voices, and so we never did get to meet. Barbara yeah. was uh, in the alto section. I was in the second baritones, uh, and uh, it, it was a great experience. Barbara was fifteen and sixteen, and I was sixteen. Uh, I sang for two years in, in the Erasmus Hall Choir. Uh, but we years later we met and we we had shared a lot of memories right. about and you had a hit single you don't bring me flowers ultimately is, is yeah. it true that that was you know you you had your version out she had a version yes. out and a, a dj actually took the two spliced them together it was yes this that's is absolutely very true, true and they right? edited it together to kind of make it a duet and then exactly. you went off and, that's great and we it? heard it and said you know this could be something let's go in and do it together and uh uh it was just you know, and it
Vans? Or did well, you I do had it my in? Merrill uh, hiking boots that I climbed oh, okay. my Kilimanjaro right. in. All right. There you go. Yeah. So I, I had uh, I had my granola crunching hiker boots on while I was knuckles deep in uh, this bull's nutsack, and um, I'm not gonna lie, it was what intense. It was I couldn't I wasn't doing it right because apparently you don't just cut them off. There's two ways. There's two ways you do it. Either one, you do the banded method, and the band cuts off the blood supply. I'm and out, the nuts man. just I'm fall out. off. I'm out. Where, where are we even going with this? I don't want to know about you how you did, did this. asked me what I did this offseason. This was the highlight. You don't have to get into how you cut a bull's balls off, man. I don't want to hear this. Highlight. What did you do this offseason? Oh, I got. I partied in Las Vegas. Cool. Been there, done that. Have you cut a bull's nuts off? No, I don't think you have. All right? Oh, uh, man. I did. Have you ever won a golf tournament? No. I have won my first golf tournament this cool. off season. All right, you keep in golfing. Vegas. <laughs> All right, whatever. Uh, yeah, and then I partied my ass off in Vegas. You, you got to thank Pat for helping you win everything these days. Uh, so <laughs> <laughs> that's a pretty good one. That's shout good out one, to right? Pat. Another shout out to Pat. Another. Um, <laughs> anyways, so the another uh, another, another big uh, big time or a big. Uh, a fun activity that I did this off season was the celebrity bar crawl oh, in nice. the shore, man. That yeah. was a blast. That was a pleasant surprise. Not only did we, uh, we get to enjoy the, the Eagles and everybody over at the shore, um, for a great cause, the Eagles autism, um, Eagles autism foundation. Um, we ended up getting the entire family under one roof or one tent. And that's always, you know, that's always the best. Yeah. We don't get, hey, I got some wise words for that Cincinnati mayor. No, your role and shut your mouth, you jabroni. You gotta fight for your right to party. Jason and I have actually been playing football together since we were little kids, and he was always better than me at everything. Um, in high school, he was an honor student, and I got kicked off the team because I failed French and English too, but French sounds way better. Uh, and then when we were in college, uh, I actually got kicked off the team because I tested positive for marijuana. So it just goes to show you, if you smoke weed and you're bad at school, you can win the Super Bowl twice. The other thing I always wondered about is the song Heart Light. Yeah. You wrote it um, because you enjoyed the movie E.T. Yeah. How did that work? You went to the movie and you said, I got to write a song about this thing. Uh, yeah, that's basically what <laughs> happened. Uh, uh, I was with a couple of people that I knew very well who were terrific writers, and we saw the movie together, and we said, come on, let's, let's get together and write. We did, right from the movie theater. We went up to an apartment and took out, uh, this is Burt Backrack and, and uh, Carol Sager. Uh-huh. And we got sat down, Burt sat at the piano, I pulled out my guitar, and we just wrote this song. I, I didn't know it would do anything. It was a top five record, which yeah. I, I was very surprised at. But uh, it happened just like that, and a lot of these things are unplanned, and they're uh -huh. usually better when they're unplanned. I do believe this, though, sincerely. Uh, I truly think that having a kid is one of the most narcissistic things a person can do. I, I believe that. I do believe that. And I don't think it's a conscious decision that people have. I think it's this subconscious thing that's in the back of everyone's head, which is this idea of, you know... I like me. I think there should be more of me in the world. Look at that shitty lady with her shitty kids. I gotta balance this out. And 
I know there's a lot of different reasons people say they want to have kids, you know. I, you know, I, I want unconditional love, and I want a buddy, and, and where I'm from in the South. I think people have kids for practical reasons, you know. They can sort of look ahead into the future and, and pragmatically, you know, realize, well, this emphysema ain't going to cure itself, and... My diabetes is getting pretty bad, and pretty soon I'm going to outfat this rascal I'm sitting on, and I'm going to outfat it. I'm going to have to get into the bed for the rest of my days, and uh, hell, I'm going to need somebody to go down to the liquor store and get my Paul Mall unfiltered. So I best get to fucking, you know. Okay, all right, all right. How, how y'all doing? All right. Well, I'm going to do something a little bit different this evening, okay? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to entertain y'all, okay? And I'm going to be clean about it. I ain't going to come up here and use dirty mouth, okay? Like some people think it's okay, these comedians today get up here talking dirty trash mouth and blaspheming the Lord, taking the Lord's name in vain, talking about their genitalia. That's all funny. You know? My vagina this, my vagina that. Well, yeah, I don't know. I don't know where it comes from. Well, yeah, I'll tell you what it is. I'll tell you why these people do it, okay? Because it's, it's, it's just another example of this liberal... Jew-run media, okay, yep, trying to take over like they've been doing. That's all part of their plan. You know, they got them seven Jew bankers living the, living the vault in Switzerland, mile down in the earth, you know, manipulating the media. That's what they do. They got them seven Jew bankers all making decisions, you know. They're in cahoots with the lesbian dentist cartel, okay, yeah. And then secret society, lesbian dentists. Playing a chip in your tooth when y'all ain't looking, you know? <laughs> you know, this has all been prophesied in the Bible, okay? Oh, go ahead, laugh. <laughs> laugh at the funny man trying to tell the truth. No, you look up in Ecclesiastes 14.12, okay? It states clearly, it says, And the lesbian periodontists... <laughs> And I'm paraphrasing here. <laughs> How am I doing on time? Shitmyass.com. 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 Hi, this is Gilbert Gottfried, and I just watched that podcast, Abe and a Six-Pack, and it was the worst. It was the worst shit I've ever watched. It just shows anybody can have a podcast, and uh, even by those standards of anyone having a podcast, uh, this one was shit. It's like, uh, it's stupid, it's boring, it's a waste of time. 
And, uh, you know, there are two-year-olds with podcasts that are more worthwhile listening to than that. It, it's just, uh, don't waste your time. Really, really avoid it like the plague.